You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Greetings and salutations. You are sitting down at the nerd table once again, post-Christmas, so your happiness and cheer levels are probably on override right now, or have completely crashed. You're full of a yummy Christmas dinner and Christmas dessert, so you're probably in full-on nap mode, just like after Thanksgiving. If you're anything like me, you're ready to just pass out for a week. But... Because it's the day after Christmas as we record this, we want to give you your post-holiday cheer, your postpartum depression of Christmas, and bring you to the nerd table. I am Chris O'Mealy, and as always, I am joined by my two nerdy podcasting co-hosts, the man who moved, the man who now owns a condo, the man who puts holes in walls, Mr. Eric Flores. Well, I thank you. Thank you. I, I tend to put a lot of holes in walls normally uh, on purpose, but this time it was an accident. And uh, yeah, I don't feel great about that, but uh, it's good to actually be. <laughs> All right. Calm down, Kyle. <laughs> you know, I, I did have a monster that day. Uh, no surprise. <laughs> that day? You had eight? Every day. Yeah, I just actually, I only had one that day. Because after that, after maybe I that was the, the issue. He needed more. <laughs> I needed fucking more monsters. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been a good move, I guess. But just I'm tired. But yeah, how how was well, your holidays? So, like my holidays was uh, uh outside of moving. It was pretty good. Well, we'll start with uh we'll start with Dan Peck, who I did not get to introduce. He introduced himself by. <laughs> jumping in with the Kyle and Monster well, comments. That's what Dan that's what Dan does, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dan, how was your holiday? Well, I was, you know, expecting to have nothing because it was, you know, we got the PlayStation 5 ordered and it said don't expect it to the ninth. And apparently it arrived Wednesday and my family hid it from me. And then didn't put it under the tree, didn't put it by the tree, hid it in my grandmother's room and waited until everybody else had opened all their presents. And we even called my aunt in New York and we're talking to my aunt. And then all of a sudden my mom walks in with this massive box and hands it to me. And I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So even at 38, they're still pulling the mystery gift out of the closet and move on you. That's actually pretty cool. Oh man, I'm so jealous. I I really want one. But but we got the gaming PCs. So do we really need one? I mean, yeah, no. like I could I could probably play Cyberpunk better on my computer right now than I can even on the PS5. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, congr- well, congratulations to Dan for acquiring the PS5 as a wonderful Christmas gift. <laughs> and uh Eric, how was your holiday? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Like I said, I spent most of my holiday literally just moving things. Um, there was only one downside to, I guess, like uh, Christmas Day. We decided to order Chinese food because we didn't really. If you're Jewish, <laughs> no, we just didn't know what were what was going to happen. Like we're in the middle of moving, we didn't have any f- like food, we didn't have anything ready, and we always know that like you can get Chinese food. On, on Christmas Day. That's not, like, that's what people do who don't have anything. Ready. Anybody who's seen a Christmas story knows that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
so we ordered the this Chinese food. It was like three o'clock. We were expecting it to be here about like four four thirty. Well, five o'clock rolls around, and they were just like, "All right, it's they're now making it." I was just like, "Holy crap, they're busy!" Six o'clock rolls around. Our um, DoorDash person was just like, "Listen, they're still making it." And I'm just like, "He's been sitting there for like an hour." And like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I you know, are there walk I'm, slow or something? Like, yeah, Jeez. just like I'd go do something else and come back and pick it up whenever they're done, or like. Uh, do you have other people to deliver to like right uh so there was that and um that's nuts yeah it's crazy we never got it we never got it five seconds well did you at least get your money refunded or yeah we got the money refunded like we we called doordash and like listen we're gonna refund you the money if you get the food you get the food keep it whatever but like it's it took over two hours before we even got a response before they were ready to make the meal. So I don't know That's what the crazy. hell is going on there. Right? But outside of that and moving clothes from one place to another, pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, I ended up seeing two movies. I saw Soul uh, on Disney, the Disney Soul or whatever. And I saw the um, Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, I'm going to see that sometime next week. Haven't seen either yet. Um, would you care to, without you doing any spoilers, would you care to review them? Yes. Okay. Give them, give them so, your thoughts. Um, so in true Pixar fashion, just have some napkins nearby. Oh, no. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I did see Onward earlier this year. <laughs> okay. And that, so, that one 100% reduced me to tears at one point. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, All it's right. not as, as heart-wrenching as Onward. I will say that. This one's more like light-footed type of thing, but man, does it pull on your, like, you can relate to certain things that happen in, in the movie, if that makes oh any God. sense. Oh, God. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Well, that's Pixar's MO these days, so. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's good. The music's good. The uh, The story is actually good. I enjoyed that better than I enjoyed the Wonder Woman movie. Um, nothing wrong with it, the first one is definitely better, and that's going to be my short review of that movie. <laughs> you know, that is ex- the exact review I've heard from everyone who's seen it. Everybody has said they either enjoyed it, but the first one was still better, or they just downright didn't like it, is the, the consent. Like, that's the only range I've seen, either, oh, uh, it was and- not good, or, well, I enjoyed it, but there, there's always the but. It's it's right there on the toss because it was really close for me just going, nah, not not a great movie, not a good one, no. But there are a few like the end credits like made it where okay, it's fine. I like the movie, I guess. But the first the one's way better. The first one's way fucking better. There's like an end credit scene, you know, when the like movie ends or whatever, and then they play a little little clip. I. I've never seen the um, DC movies do it, so I don't know if they're just following in, in Marvel's footsteps or whatnot, but I liked it. I enjoyed that one. There was like a mid credit scene in the first Suicide Squad. Was yeah. there? Yeah. it's uh, It was um, Bruce Wayne talking to Amanda Waller, and they're like, and he's like, you gotta get your shit together. And she's like, you gotta get your shit together, Batman. And you're like, oh! 
But yeah, no, that's how I felt about those two movies. And that was pretty much my holiday. It just kind of ate some cookies, had some uh, some cider, uh, watched some movies, moved some clothes, played some video games. Man, I never moved on Christmas, but I have moved on Boxing Day more than once. <laughs> <laughs> it's as it's we, nuts. As we record today's episode, it is Boxing Day. And you know what that means, right, Dan? Yeah, there's only 365 more days till Christmas. That's right. We got to get hype. We got to start getting hype for Christmas 2024. 364. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, this is when you get all hype for Christmas. But you know what? For me, the Christmas holiday doesn't end until after New Year's. Like I'm still in Christmas mode, and I will be until after we celebrate the New Year. Yeah, like we, we only have everything up for like an, until after New Year's. And yeah, we'll like. The first weekend after New Year's is usually when we start taking stuff down or we'll at least like stop lighting the tree during the day. But yeah, we will uh, we keep that hype going. I think a lot of people do. And that's why one of the things I tried to make a point of was like everybody argues about Christmas music starting too early and it totally does. No one's going to deny that. But nobody ever talks about how when Christmas night's over, everything goes back to normal. It's like it doesn't even exist. And it's just like. Can't you do like a soft thing where like you start playing other music with the Christmas music until the New Year's? I mean, most Christmas music is about winter anyway, so you could that stuff only just started. Like, <laughs> you guys got three yeah. more months of that stuff. It's too and where, fucking where cold. Eric lives now, he's got five more months of that stuff. It's too <laughs> fucking cold. Uh. Yeah. We 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 have not had a white Christmas since we moved to Pennsylvania, but we got the closest thing to it because there was still snow on the ground from last week's blizzard, and it flurried yesterday. So I'm just going to go ahead and count that. Well, if there's white on the ground, that's a white Christmas, bro. Yeah, but it was like pockets of it left because it rained and washed. Like the pockets that are left are like the snow piles from where oh. the people plowed. Mm. So there's still technically snow on the ground, but yeah. It it actually snowed on Christmas Day, which was kind of nice. That is actually pretty cool because this is how many years have you been up there now? Uh, two. This, this was is your second uh, Christmas up there, right? Second Christmas up here, yep. And uh, this is the first white Christmas because last year it did not snow on Christmas Day. It snowed from January to like April, but it did not, <laughs> <laughs> it did not snow Christmas Day. <laughs> I was oh, like, there you go. I remember waking up one day in, in March, and I was like, <laughs> I looked outside, I was like, oh, come on! <laughs> and I literally said that out loud, because there was so much fucking snow. I God went to sleep, no snow. Woke up, couldn't walk. I was like, what the fuck? It's always interesting, right? When you yeah. you wake up the next day, especially if you're not expecting it. Right. Well, you, know, you wake Florida, up and there's a foot of snow on the ground, and you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. In Florida, though, like if you're going to have a big weather change, it's normally rain and you hear that shit. So when you wake up and you heard rain from the night before, you're just like, okay, everything's going to be wet. But snow is silent as fuck. Like it just sneaks up on you. If you're not careful, you can open your door or depending on how your door opens, you cannot open your door. And then that's it. You're not going to work that day. Well, if your door opens outward then you're probably and you live like that's a good doors opening outward is a good strategy if you live in a area that's prone to hurricanes and tornadoes but if you just live in an area that only is prone to snow then that's a bad idea because you're not getting out of your house if it snows a lot yeah 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the things that like caught me off guard when I moved up here was why why did the doors open inward? I I wasn't used to that because if you go to Florida, unless you're living in an apartment where the doors are facing inside, the your doors open out, not right. in. Right. So what about door- you, Dan? How are your doors open? <laughs> Well, we just got storm doors on our, on our house. They open in. The main door opens in. Main door opens in. Yeah. You know, in Florida, the storm doors are just doors. It's just your normal fucking door. <laughs> just doors. <laughs> They're just doors. Every fucking door is a storm door. You see that storm? You see this door? So technically, so storm the storm door. storm door opens out because it kind of has to because there's another door right behind it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but here, but here like... I mean, hurricanes come by, but here it's just the tail putting in some rain because we're so far inland. Yeah, but I mean, we, I, we get the wind. I'm trying to remember houses over by the coast because um, it makes sense to have the door working against and not with uh, with hurricane force winds. <laughs> so right, right. right. <laughs> makes you sense do with to the, me. Um, those old school. Gates, they just put a block of wood behind it or something like that and keep it from coming in. Uh, well, like the castle doors almost. You have to know what or, I'm talking about. Or what you can do is just say fuck it and put in a fucking door that rolls up like a garage. Be like, screw it. It goes neither way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, I just opened my front door by pulling it up. And now you're just like, I don't have to worry about hurricanes or snow. Now I just have to worry about the power going out. <laughs> well, all those doors have a manual override. Yeah. Or at least the they should if you're if you're smart, they should. From the inside. The power goes out and you're outside, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, son of a bitch, I'm sleeping in my car. <laughs> speaking of which, I'd like to give a special shout out to all of my friends in New Jersey who I know or on Christmas morning because of the intense winds that came through. Because Christmas Eve, we had a winter weather advisory and a severe storm watch because the Arctic front was behind another front. And when they're mixing, they produced a line of severe thunderstorms because Pennsylvania just does whatever the hell it wants when it comes to weather. That sounds rough. I mean, yeah. I wonder how long did that shit last all day? Uh, Let's see. Christmas Eve. I'm trying to even remember. I don't think I even went outside on Christmas Eve because I was still on vacation. Um, I did go out. Yes. Uh, Shannon and I went out and grabbed like one or two things that we still needed to prepare for Christmas dinner. And we uh, it was pouring rain. But when we got home after we'd been home for a little while, it started downpouring. You know, the difference between pouring and downpouring pouring is it's raining heavy and it's Really obnoxious to drive, and downpouring is hell, though. Hell no. Yeah. And the wind was ridiculous. And it was like 50-something degrees on Christmas Eve. But then Christmas morning, I went to take out the trash with all the wrapping paper and everything, and it was like 20 degrees. It was a very, very ridiculous drop. (sighs) (laughs) Pennsylvania weather does whatever it wants. That's that's the one thing I do miss about Florida rain is that Florida rain will cool you off. But Michigan rain or like just north rain, anything above like Georgia really, rain's just going to fucking freeze you. 
<laughs> it's like it's like a ghost just touched you and you're gonna be cold you're gonna be so fucking cold I did the mistake of kicking snow yep stupid me how'd that work out for you well I I thought well I don't need that foot it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I just like I always wanted to be a pirate. No, no, I'm just gonna. I'm almost there. <laughs> oh my god, it was so bad. And then it just stays that way for forever. It feels like it feels like you're just you need to go inside and buy new shoes and get a new socks and whatnot. But your foot's gonna be cold the rest of the fucking day. I've started the uh, now. I'll actually keep a spare pair of socks in my car. So in case that happens at work, because, you know, I do my delivery route and in case I step in a puddle or something that soaks through my shoe and gets me uh, soaks through to the sock, I can I have the option to change my socks. And like even if those socks are cold because they're they've been out in the car, they're still dry. You know what I mean? So it's still better overall. Because yeah. anybody who knows anything about working outdoors or being outdoors knows that wet socks are murder. And cold wet socks. Yeah, cold wet socks is just the absolute worst. Ah, so well, I know that you know that like I've got a bunch of fucking video games for Christmas, and Dan, you got PS Five. But what what you get, Chris? Like, you got any games or like movies or anime or or anything like that? No, because there weren't any new games or, or movies that I wanted. But I got a bunch of books, which was pretty cool. Uh, Shannon got me Ready Player Two, the sequel oh. to my favorite book. And I'm very excited to read that. I actually put it aside and put it underneath my copy of Ready Player One because I'm going to do a reread of that and make it like a, you know how like when you go to the theater and you watch the old movie before you see the premiere of the new one? That's how yes. I'm going to treat it. I'm going to do a reread of Ready Player One and then I'm going to jump right into Ready Player Two. So I'm excited about that. Speaking uh, of... She- oh, go ahead. Oh well, there was another. Is this going to be about Ready Player One? Because I have another book I got to talk about. Okay, yeah, I was about speaking of. How did you like the the movie? I liked it. I didn't mind that it was drastically different in places because it still told the same general story, and I didn't mind the creative changes that it went through. Um, I would still probably prefer the book because the book, the the stuff in the movie was more for excitement. Like, nobody wants to see him just play an arcade game against a D&D character. Uh, but if we make a giant racing sequence, that'll be way more exciting. So Who's they playing did... against Asarak? <laughs> yeah. The Lich King of the Dead. But, still. Uh, so I didn't mind the creative changes. The Shining thing was amazing. You know I, I don't that. like scary movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But they got the rest of the the heart of the film in there, and also Simon Pegg. So, yeah, yeah, sold on that. Okay, so what else you got? Um, Shannon got me the actual novel of A Christmas Story, which I've never actually read, and I it's under a hundred pages, so it's a nice, easy read. And th- I'll tell you this: that story moved along briskly because I, I'm like barely ten pages in, and the door knocker is already turning into Marley. So I was like, okay, damn, this is moving along way quicker than I expected. Wow. But it's kind of interesting to read the novel because 
he doesn't identify Bob Cratchit by name at all. So I think that's actually part of the setup is like the big reveal is going to be we're at Bob Cratchit's house. And who is that? I think that's actually going to be how they tell the story. But I'm not sure yet. I know he had a, a version that he told on stage that was only like an hour or less than an hour. They purposely yeah. like had an abridged version versus but the full version. That's good. Uh, it's good. Did you like my abridged meme of that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for and, any of you watching, uh, I, I posted a meme on the uh, Facebook group uh, about this. Uh, you, you need to see it. Like it's 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 easy to explain. But it's funnier when you're reading it because it's like three frames and that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, if you guys are not down with the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the nerd table pod or just go to Facebook and search nerd table fan community and you'll find us. You will 100 percent get all of these great memes that we share like crazy between like. Like, I'm scrolling through the memes right now, and there's some really, really good stuff in here. Uh, Eric shared the one with uh, Kylo Ren telling Grogu, don't go to school tomorrow. <laughs> I that one made really, me laugh. I, I have so many that I, I was just... But you know what? I'm going to post them today. Um, but they're kind of like spoilery. And I just wanted to make sure that everybody saw it. So <laughs> I might hold off until after Monday. So if you, if you listen to this podcast uh, and you're not caught up, get caught up. So I can post these freaking memes because they're hysterical. On Mandalorian? Yes. Okay. I mean, that was a week ago. Yes. And people have had days off. Yes. All right. So are you saying I, could, I should post them? Uh, yeah. Okay, you should only post them. You should talk about right now. Also, it's a prevailing fan <laughs> theory right now that Kylo okay. Ren killed Grogu when at the training academy. Or he probably finished training and left before Kylo even got trained. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, so he finds him five years after Empire. So maybe Ben is two years old, three years old, alive maybe. at all. Maybe it's pop. Okay, so hold up. When when does Force Awakens take place? Like time wise, it's like thirty years after. Thirty years after Jedi. Thirty years after, and how old is Kylo Ren? So he would have to be in his 20s then. He would be in his mid to late, I would say, probably. So he either exists right now as a baby, or he hasn't been born yet. Where Mando is right now. Yeah. Because Mando's five years into that 30 years? I don't know. I heard someone say it was five years after Jedi. I think it is like five years after Jedi. Oh, Mando is 100% five years after Jedi. That's confirmed. But we just so that would how make... old Kylo is. Is there anything that, that actually eight. tells us his age? I mean, he could be nine or 19. I mean, like, <laughs> like I don't think he's nine. Let's I mean, I know he's he acts like he's nine. Development, but <laughs> he acts like he's nine. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's fair. Uh, here they come. I'm, I, I'm seeing the memes now. Here they are. <laughs> I imagine like every every major player in a Star Wars movie is like 25. Yeah, that's like, true. All of them. Luke is a teenager in the first movie, or at least he's supposed to be. 
I mean, that yeah, power like converter 17, 18, 19. challenge or whatever that that I believe it. Oh man, so, it, it would be it would be great if they just got actors that were their age because we all know that if if it's if Kylo Ren is the same age as Adam Driver, then there's no fucking way like Krugo right <laughs> like Krugo would be fucking dead. <laughs> so uh. <clears throat> So let's talk about the uh, the final episode of Mandalorian and the episode leading up to it, which was the, uh, yeah, the, the okay. culmination of the season yeah. and how amazing oh, it was. God, it's so fucking good. And I hate to be on this camp, but I need to be on this camp. Okay. And, and hear me out because I absolutely adore the new trilogy as well. I think they're all good in their own way, even the last one, even though I don't like that just to me is just, eh, you know, whatever. Right. But, but the way this ended, you need to retcon those movies. You need to do it over. There's no fucking way. Okay. Well, I, just, I mean, there's all kinds of things they can do. They can set stuff during it. Like how, uh, Clone Wars show kind of really fleshed out and made the prequels even better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, then, then they just set a timeline after the events of Kylo Ren and Rey. See, <laughs> just, now I want a Kylo Ren series because I think a better movie is that the the message from the Emperor and then him finding him. That being montaged in the opening of the movie, I think that could have been a whole movie or a TV show. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't think that would have been a more interesting movie or TV show. The uh, that last episode though of the Mandalorian, the rescue is probably the best episode of the whole series so far. Like, yeah. I, I'm about to post an, another meme. I, I'm God. trying to give it some time. I we're live. We're live memeing right we're, now. We're live I mean, memeing right now. Just, but despite the, one... the fact that this episode will come out Monday morning, <laughs> right. we're live memeing on the Saturday afternoon that we're doing this. You're about <laughs> to see it, and when you see it, you're gonna a hundred percent agree with me. I, yeah, I just well, we still have to talk about. We have to talk about episode seven still. So, um, we got ourselves Bill Burr back. Yeah. Yeah. And he becomes the best character in Star Wars history. This episode. He, he has the best at okay, I'll say this. He has the best and fastest fucking character development that I have ever seen in a show. Period. Yeah. Period. All because they go through a town on the way to their mission. It's just Within five fucking minutes, I learned more about him than anybody else in the Star Wars universe in that time frame. They did a better like, job with oh, his character shit. development in a 30-minute episode than they did with Ray's character among three movies that all exceeded two hours in length. <laughs> you, you, okay, that, I that guess you saw that. That not movie. lying. That meme is not <laughs> lying. I'm, I'm agreeing with it. Yeah, this was... You. And there, there's a couple of comments I want to say about these episodes. Um, first of all, they do that scene in Chapter 16 where they have Cara Dune and Fennec Shand are being backed up by Bo-Katan and Casca Reeves. Or mm -hmm. for people who don't know character names, Gina Carano, Katie Sackhoff, Ming-Na Wen, and Ka Sasha Banks, whose real name is Mercedes Bernardo. Okay, the four of them have like that team up there. 
And I saw a bunch of comments online. They're like, that was way better than the female team up that Marvel did in Endgame. And I'm like, I don't even think that's comparable. The Endgame scene. This one actually made sense because that one was. (laughs) That one was shoehorned. It seemed forced. It seemed fucking forced. forced And it was shoehorned in. It, and it didn't make any sense for the battle based on where everyone's positioning was at that point. Because even the all-girl fight in the in uh, Infinity War was even better and made more sense. Yes, where it's Okoye and uh, and Natasha fighting um, Proxima Midnight in the trench. Right, and that actually made more sense because this one made sense. They were in the positions they were supposed to be, and because the, whole the idea two men was, had other jobs. Right. Okay. But I think you know what pissed me off more on the, about that scene is not that the fact that they should like forced all the girls to like do that montage is that Captain Marvel doesn't need fucking help. <laughs> she she doesn't. She just no, doesn't part fucking of her need character. Help. Like yeah, like it should have just been her showing up, Thanos going ah fuck, and then end of movie. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, but Thanos. The only reason that Thanos was even able to take her down is because he outsmarted her in the one in her one moment of cockiness when she realized she was overpowering him. He rips out the power stone and punches her with it. (laughs) And then she has that oh shit look right on her face right before he hits her because she realizes that that wasn't something she was planned for. And, you know, if you want to do a full breakdown there. Captain Marvel got cocky with all of her powers. And that's the one thing that cost her because Thanos cocky kid. Thanos' danger as a villain was that he was always trying to be one step ahead. And the only person he failed to outsmart was Tony Stark because he all he saw him was, was a puny human in a suit. Yeah. So it, it came back and bit him in the ass, too. But uh, but yeah, but this female team up made sense. The four That's of them the were on the me. same path. They were the distraction for mando to rescue the child and boba wasn't going to be part of the mission because he was just there as the the main the big driving force he's the one that got them in in the first place so yeah yeah so um man and how fucking cool is his ship how fucking cool is his ship that like the inside rotates around so that people can sit upright so because of the way the ship is designed it makes sense and it's, his friggin' it's, guns can shoot in whatever direction they want. So as soon as the TIE fighters are behind him, he's just like, nope. It <laughs> just shoots him <laughs> right down. He's got the best fucking ship. It is so cool because his, his idea is to, you know, not hit anything. And then as soon as he had to hit something, he started hitting him. Yeah, because so he, he had to. Because <laughs> now he has to get away, right? He has to be threatening to them so they can crash land. And then as soon as actual TIE fighters come out, he has to actually fight. Yeah, he, and he actually shoots them down because he is a good shot. And then, oh yeah. man, this is so fucking good. Yeah, it was the whole the whole episode was friggin' great, and I love the I love the sarcasm at the end when Sasha Banks is like, "It's an X wing," and Gina Carano's like, "Oh great, one X wing, we're saved." <laughs> and then, <laughs> but but the rest of us are going, "Huh." <laughs> it's happening it's happening <laughs> the then they come. badass moment just like anakin got in freaking uh, rogue rogue one. one yeah yeah and he just slices through my favorite was when he force chokes the death trooper literally to he crushes it with the force just grabs it with the force and just crushes it 
Let just me, flat like, out crushes it. He had his, what I love to call, the Vader moment. Yeah. When he showed up, man, and, it, like, he turned on his fucking lightsaber, I was just like, holy fuck, he's like his dad. <laughs> yeah, he's just slicing through him because he can. Yep. At, at one then- point, like... Force choke something. I, it was fucking. Cra- it was crazy. It was insane. It was insane. That hallway scene in Rogue One was ridiculous, though. And like, it was a last hallway- minute replacement scene that they filmed right before it came out. And, oh man, it was he, like be- gra- It was the best scene of the fucking movie. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the movie was bad. It was fucking great. I thought it's it was my favorite perfect. Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's but that so that scene was just, like. Holy fuck! It it made me feel like I was um I don't know I think I'd be more scared of Vader in that scene than I would be of the actual alien the the actual xenomorph in Alien. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you can run from the xenomorph, but all Vader's <laughs> got to do is reach out and bring you back. <laughs> yeah, like you're done. You are. You get on a ship. He's a better pilot than you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, but that's one of the things I actually really liked about the Kylo Ren character was that we ridiculously strong he was with the force because like he could stop a blaster in mid in mid shot and just have the plasma beam just floating in the air. But he couldn't control his crap because he was such an angsty little whiny teen throwing temper tantrums and ripping apart his room with his lightsaber because he got bad news. So it's like, damn, this guy is dangerous. It's like, oh, no, wait, no, he's not. But at that point, Vader was very cold. He was because like Obi-Wan said, he was more machine than man. So that was the machine part of him was when he was doing that part. But we all know he had a redeeming factor because Luke sensed it all along. That's why he redeems himself at the end of Return of the Jedi. He can't watch his own son get murdered by the Emperor. So he actually kills the Emperor. Something that meant more after the prequels because we saw the bond that he actually had with Palpatine. I mean, Palpatine didn't leave him to die. He actually brought him back and saved his life. Whereas when Dooku had a lightsaber to his throat, he's just like, kill him. Well, that was part of the plan. <laughs> well, nobody told Dooku. Well, he- obviously, <laughs> you don't tell the guy who's going to die that he's part of the plan. Uh, that look on his face, though, when he just realizes, kill him. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, he looks at him and you go, damn. And I'm like, you really like, got Christopher Lee to play... In the third act of the previous movie and in the first five minutes of the next, and that's it? <laughs> well, he, he did what he had to do. <laughs> do it. That was so uh, but then Also, good. another character that is saved by the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. And, they, and, the, and the whole thing where they say, oh, he manipulated, he killed Cypher-Dyas so he could be Cypher-Dyas and make the 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 plan with the clones. Oh, that was crazy. And yeah. Oh I love that. Absolutely love that. That was really crazy. Which is what I figured happened. probably happened anyway, but to have it be canon and not and know that that's what happened. I mean, all we really need now is the popular fan theory to become canon that the emperor killed Padme. That's really all all we we have left, right? That's like the yeah. one big loose I, end from the prequels that people <laughs> still want tied up. And that I think Padme that, killed Padme. <laughs> I think she just killed him. Yeah, I think she gave up, and that's like it's like uh, it's a big thing actually uh, to see because I've had my great grandmother technically died because she gave up, 
she was having a surgery and she was like, nah, I'm done. And she died because she didn't have the will to, to fight through. She didn't have the will to live. So she didn't live. Well, that doesn't mean yeah, the emperor wasn't manipulating those negative thoughts too. Cause we've seen that he can do that. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, if, if you put it that way, then ultimately yes, but I don't even think it was like directly. I think it was just indirectly just her being involved with, uh, Anakin Skywalker and and then Obi Wan. Well, he already broke her heart. She even said so. Yeah. By the so, way, I love the meme you posted in the group with the Death Star firing. Rare photo of the final Alderaan Christmas tree lighting. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. That one that was, was pretty good too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Just post memes on Christmas Day. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Well, so I just I got tired. That's a good little break. Cool. I posted a meme. So I'm assuming that you uh, you didn't have anything decorated then. It was prob- it was a decorationless Christmas. Yeah, I mean, unless you count whatever my cats knocked over, that was probably decoration all on the floor. Well, there you go. But- <laughs> and that sounds like cats to me. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, we didn't do anything for Christmas. Oh, look at all this shattered glass! Isn't this wonderful? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, can we that. all agree that like the next Star Wars movie, is you, John should just fucking direct it? Should yes, it, right. But him and Filoni should be in charge of yeah. everything. From now oh on. my god! If it was just it, those two, period. Just it's like they should. Be they're the Kevin Feige of Star Wars universe, right? Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I, I, I love, uh, I, I loved doing the uh, Chris ranks the universe that we just did this past week with uh, Dan. And Jay Winger from the binge cast was on it where I ranked the first season and we were talking about everything. We were talking about how, like, you could tell Dave Filoni loved to play X-Wing pilot, even if it required him to take his cowboy hat off. Yeah, he was all about that shit. I mean, wouldn't you, though, if somebody was like, hey, (laughs) we're going to let you direct this and you can put yourself in it as an X-Wing pilot. I can do what now? (laughs) (laughs) I, I would be writing myself in as an X-Wing pilot in every fucking episode. Like, but this oh, yeah. one takes place in a cave. Yeah, there could be an X-Wing in the cave. You don't fucking know. <laughs> I remember somebody- two X-Wings in that cave, brother. <laughs> so I remember I was I have this conversation with somebody. It was like it was like the level of fame that I want to achieve in my life between like between like getting this podcast to become more popular, the whole channel, and then like becoming a published author and everything. And I said, I want to be famous enough that I can guest star in things, but not so famous that like I can still tweet stuff that I want to tweet and not like have it completely ruin me. You know what I mean? There's like yeah, that. You're, you're, you're playing with your Star Wars toys and George Lucas himself shows up and he's like, oh, you're doing a better job than I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, really. Oh, God damn. Well, I don't think Lucas always thought everybody was doing a better job than him. I think he always like he still insists to this day that Jar Jar was comedic genius, you know, so it's like, you know, when his you do that much coke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the famous thing was ketamine. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> That's the Frank yeah. Oz quote, right? Which I think is fake, but... Oh, there you go. Um. Oh, God. And now I'm, I'm completely off my train of thought of what I was going to say. Know. With that. <laughs> That's this how the show happens, works, though, we all get... Yep. We, we talked... I don't even know how we got on this. You were talking about honestly. wanting to be famous enough to do cameos. Yes. Okay, so... 
my thing is if I ever got tapped to be in like in something famous like Star Wars, like how they tapped Sasha Banks after they saw her episode of a what was it? What's that show called where they do they they like interview questions. They take questions while they're eating like hot and spicy shit. Oh, oh uh, hot, ones. hot ones. Hot ones. Yeah. She did an episode of Hot Ones and that's how they contacted her. But they're like, they're like, well, you know, you do WWE. So you know how to do stunts and you're you'd be comfortable in front of a camera. So like they they got her involved with that. I would I would agree to do any anything like a franchise context. Me like we're going to put you in the next Marvel movie. It's going to be a minor character, but you're going to be in it. My only stipulation would be I will agree to do it, but you can't kill the character because I'm going to want to do it again. That's the only stipulation I would have. Do not kill my character because I want the option to come back and do more so I can be in more stuff. That would literally be my only stipulation. (laughs) Yeah, I I like that. I would even take the whole die thing in it as long as it was a cool fucking death and it was meaningful. It's like a heroic. If I'm the villain, though, if I'm the villain, then I'm going to die spectacularly and you are not going to redeem me. That's the other stipulation. If I'm the bad guy, then, oh, am I going to (laughs) die? And I have to die in the way that my character deserves to die. No, I was like, I want to die and I want to be the guy in the the one guy in the movie that gets the Wilhelm scream. (laughs) Yes, that would be great. That would be I want to be I want the death (laughs) to actually mean something like uh, like Peter Parker, the the snap, Peter Parker to Tony. Yes. If I'm going to die as the hero, that's the way I want to go. Like, you want to be Agent Coulson, not Captain America? Yeah. Fuck Cap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Cap, but like he's got to put in too much work. Agent Coulson just puts in a few uh, few hours a, a week, you know? <laughs> too yeah. much work to be Captain America. Not, too much work <laughs> for me. <laughs> you want to be your job, not your entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to take vacations every now and then. So one thing I do want to do for a future Chris Ranks the Universe is I want to do a full ranking of every Star Wars movie. And that would be all nine of the episodes, plus the two spinoff films that puts us at 11, plus the two Ewok movies, plus the the Clone Wars movie and the hol- the actual holiday special because that was feature length. So 15 objects for that. And I think that would be a really fun Chris Ranks the Universe to do. So if you guys want to be tapped in to do that as star wars fans yeah i'll be down <laughs> absolutely um and the the best part about guesting on chris ranks the universe and i'll tell anybody this because i'm always looking for new ideas on stuff to rank i've only ever done the disney movies and then the first season of mando and i want to do other tv show stuff but the whole gimmick of the show is the list is mine so you got anybody can come on and take no heat for how i order stuff like, you have the option to yell at me on the show if you don't like where I put something. You can yell at me because it's my list and only my list. So nobody else takes heat except for me if people don't agree. Like when I okay. did the Disney ranking and I put Black Cauldron near the bottom of the list because I didn't think it was a good movie. And Mark immediately got defensive about that. And I'm like, that's fine. You you go ahead. And when where you send your hate mail, that's where everybody else can send it. But, the, but don't send any to Mark. <laughs> Although the, uh, the the Lilo and Stitch thing was pretty funny, too. And he's like, I just don't get Stitch. I'm like, ah, here we go. Now that'll get some hate mail. But I like Stitch, so don't send that one to me. <laughs> Stitch is but one of yes. those characters where, like, uh, 
I don't know. He was designed to be a bad guy, but he ends up being a good guy. I don't know who else has that that trope in Disney. It's a unique character. I think it's just the the appeal behind. St- I think it, that's the appeal though behind a lot of stuff is like sometimes the one character sticks out, right? Like right now, the big appeal behind the Mandalorian is Baby Yoda, the child, Grogu, whatever you want to call him. Oh, and you can call him whatever the hell you want. Nothing drives me more nuts than the the fanboys who insist that it ha- he's not. He's not allowed to be Baby Yoda. He was never allowed to be Baby Yoda. Shut up! You should be happy people are enjoying this. Yeah. I think the term Baby Yoda doesn't mean that, like, he's literally Yoda as a baby. I think they're just calling him a Baby Yoda as a race when his actual name is Because the whole idea, by choice, we've never revealed the name of the race. That was a, a conscious decision by George Lucas. Yoda's race has always been unnamed. And I saw people flipping out about that. Ugh, I don't like Grogu. I sh- I'm just going to keep calling him Baby Yoda. Okay. Uh, <laughs> go, go ahead. I don't care. Just like the stuff you like. I mean, we do. But like, my, my point was originally that there are people out there, enough of them for me to even bring this up, who don't like or get the appeal behind that character. They just don't get it. They don't see what the big deal is. Maybe he's not cute to them. Maybe even maybe they just don't understand the appeal behind that species in Star Wars. Whatever the reason is, some people don't get it. So what I'm the, my point is, there's always going to be somebody out there who's going to have that that thing where like Stitch becomes the hot thing. People don't get it. I mean, Frozen became the hot thing, and Eric and I were both like, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, we said that at the same time, pretty much. Yeah, but I don't get it, but I also didn't see it, so. It's not a bad movie. It's just not as good as people made it out to be. It wasn't as good as Big Hero 6, and that's what pissed me off. Uh, Big Hero 6 deserved way more attention. Way fucking more. But it was overshadowed. It really was. Big Hero 6 is for boys. It's not that. It's literally – what's her name? The – Kristen Bell? No. The the actual – Adina Menzel? Adult Zine? Uh, yes, yes. Adult Zine? Adult Zine, yes. Adult Zine. No, uh, uh, but yeah, no, she just, she took over her fucking voice and her singing, and that, uh, it was the song that did, the the like, that overshadowed everything. It was Let It Go. Uh, Let It Go fucking made that movie. They knew it, too, because Let It Go existed before the movie was, like, fit, finalized. They had it in place, so they knew that that was going to be the blockbuster. They knew. Yeah. But you know what's funny? It it brings me back to The Lion King, because this is the last time I really remember this being a thing. Everybody thought the big hit coming out of The Lion King was going to be Can You Feel the Love Tonight, right? Because they did the Elton John version, and they really promoted that song specifically. But what everybody started going apeshit over were the other four songs. Circle of Life, Hakuna Matata, Be Prepared, and I Can't Wait to Be King. And I think I don't think they were counting on that. They were expecting this to be the hot song, and instead it was the other four songs that got probably even more attention. But they knew Under the Sea was going to be the hit. They did know Under the Sea was going to be the big hit, yeah. Well, yeah. But, But yeah, but I mean, look at that. Although Little Mermaid is also suffering in the the song department elsewhere anyway, because 
Kiss the Girl only works as context. Um, <laughs> Poor Unfortunate Souls is a good villain song, but it doesn't hold up against other villain songs. And then Part of Your World is as epic as it is. It doesn't, um, it didn't hold the same weight that Under the Sea did. I, I think everybody just remembered Under the Sea is because it was colorful and light and everything. I mean, people Any, remember Hakuna Matata. Anytime the starts singing the song, it's going to be a hit. That's just the way it goes. <clears throat> and then, yeah. like, especially Although in Olaf's, the early days. Olaf's song didn't get over big and frozen. It, well, it really yeah. was Let It Go. Yeah, it really was Let It Go. But, like, you know, Josh Gab, So and, and he was making that voice. That's true. I mean, after... <laughs> After seeing him, because my discovery of Josh Gad was his Elder Cunningham in the Book of Mormon. That was the first time I ever saw him. So when I, I heard he was attached to Frozen, it. I was actually excited about that. Still haven't seen it. Uh, it's amazing. Best it? play ever. Best <sighs> play ever. Okay. All right. I got to I gotta find a copy you, of whatever. You'd lose your shit laughing. Because I, I know I your know. sense of humor and you're a big South Park guy. You would absolutely lose your shit laughing at this play. You absolutely would. But the thing is, it's not as funny as it is. It's also a really good story. Like, that's the thing that nobody talks about enough. It's a good story. And it's it, it attacks Mormonism just like they did on that, that episode of South Park. Yes, they're making fun of what Mormonism is and what it does. But they're also saying the same message that, like, if it really does promote such a good message, then who the hell cares? You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. pe- not enough people talk about that. All they talk about is that this is the first play that says the C word. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. Well, that's wonderful, but it's still a really good story. We, we have to talk about that more. But yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, like, we're really onto something about the sidekicks singing something. Timon and because, Pumbaa. Yeah, Timon and Pumbaa. Doesn't Iago have a song? Iago does not have a song. And thank God they never did that because I think Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried. No, the sidekick no. song but in Aladdin is the freaking is. genie song. Yeah. Which oh, is right. The- yeah. But I think the big song in, in, in Aladdin is probably A Whole New World. It is. That's it probably true. shouldn't be. It should probably be either Friend Like Me or Prince Ali. Prince yeah. Ali is amazing, too. Prince Ali. Again, yeah. that's, that's another one led by the genie. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yes. Well, you know what, though? But then you, you have something like The Hunchback of Notre Dame, where the sidekick song is the worst song in the movie, because it just it's completely out of place with the rest of the film. I don't know any of the songs in the movie. I think I might have seen that movie once. It's such an underrated movie. It's my favorite Disney movie. We t- I talked about that on Chris Frank's Universe. It was yeah. number one. It- it's it one of those things where I don't understand, like, they didn't market it well. That's what it, I think it was. I think it, it was, was also, too. like, the first movie where I was too old to see, where I was, quote, unquote, too old to be seeing Disney movies. Dude, you, you got to uh, watch it now, because you got Disney Plus, so watch it now, and watch it for the animation and the artwork and the dark undertones of what they were getting away with in the mid-90s for Disney. When you consider the fact that, like, yes, I know we've gotten dark because we killed Mufasa, but this one actually gets darker because it's a friggin' it's a friggin' he's a well, he's a judge, but he's also a deeply religious man who thinks everything he's doing is is correct and for the best of God. You know, he's wiping out an entire race of people 
and believes it's the right thing to do and he's lusting over one of them it's when you break that shit down it's creepy and that's that movie has the best song as the villain song the hellfire song where he really does lose his shit and starts singing about how he he wants to have sex with a gypsy and he can't but he wants to and he knows that if he does he's going to go to hell but it's not stopping him that's the point of the song this is Disney. How did they get away with that? Oh, man. 90s were a different time. Yeah, they really were. They really freaking were. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, definitely. I highly recommend anybody to go back and watch that and watch it with that mindset of, OK, remember, this aired in the mid 90s when a lot of us were still kids and just look at what they get away with. Like, those are there. Because they're the necessary sidekicks and they do they do have the silly scenes and everything. And but if you <laughs> remove them from the movie, then you can't actually have this movie as Disney. Because without the gargoyles, that shit is straight up PG thirteen, borderline R at points. So <laughs> you kinda need Jason Alexander and uh the other two. The the <laughs> the I can only imagine the conversation that they had in like a boardroom meeting. <laughs> this, what the fuck is this? This is supposed to be for children. Oh well. Uh, uh, Let me get the. Can... I gotta get the cast. The cast right here. Uh, <laughs> Charles Kimbrough was Victor, the the proper gargoyle, and then um, what the hell was the female's voice? It was her last movie. I gotta. The cast is completely out of order, which doesn't help when you're looking stuff up. Laverne. It was Mary Wicks. It was her final her final movie. In fact, I think they even had to have additional dialogue thrown in because she had passed. But, of course, David Ogden Steers has one of his... It, he was in, like, every Disney movie in the 90s. Like, in some capacity, they worked him in to, like, every friggin' one. Because I remember he was in... Yeah, he was in Beauty and the Beast because he was Cogsworth. Yep. That was like... He was on MASH. (laughs) Yes, we know that. (laughs) Then they worked him in as Governor Radcliffe in Pocahontas. He's the Archdeacon in The Hunchback. Um, Did he have a role in Hercules? I don't really remember. I'm I'm just trying to quickly go through his, uh, his credits here. But then he was in Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Uh, I know he did more. He was in Lilo and Stitch. He was Jumba, the evil scientist. He was in, let's see, and he's reprised his roles in other stuff, too. I have to actually get a, like, a list of his I have a list of his credits. Roles. So he's Cogsworth, Governor Radcliffe, Wiggins and Pocahontas, the Archdeacon yes. and Hunchback. He's Mr. Jolly in Teacher's Pet. Okay. Fenton Q. Harcourt in Atlantis Lost Empire. Right. Dr. Jumba, Jukaba, and Lilo and Stitch. Yep. He's the king and the cat that looked at a king. He's Carnage and Spirited Away Disney version. Mr. Piccolo and Porco Rosso Disney version. J.W. Harper and Iron Will as a live action. And Alexei Jovanovich in Jungle to Jungle as live action. And he was Doc in Disney Princess Enchanted Journey. There you go. Yeah, so he had a he had a good little run there. As Disney yeah. characters. Is it, so yeah, late 80s, through the 90s. Going Major over. Charles Winchester. 
Is it sad when you said Mr. Piccolo, the first person I thought of was Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z? I was like, no, No, I thought of that too. You said said Mr. Piccolo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's how Gohan calls him. Mr. Like, Gohan just like Mr. Piccolo all the time. Yes. But the the thing with the Hunchback is they got the great, they got this fantastic voice cast because they brought in Tom Hulse and Tony J who have Broadway credits. So when their songs are coming out, they're just belting it the best of their abilities and you know they have Demi Moore and Kevin Klein and then they've got all these other these other side characters that they just throw in there but they they work and they they tell that they get the dark story they have fun and the the one the the fat guard is the voice of Patrick the starfish and he doesn't even change his voice oh Care dauber from coach from coach yeah yes yeah, I, I I highly highly recommend this one, man. I I still had the tab open from the Mandalorian on my browser. That's how far removed we just got in this conversation. Foggerbake or whatever the fuck. Exactly. Uh, yeah, go back and rewatch some of those movies, guys. That's good shit. Like I said, my 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 top like my top five all time Disney movies. I put Hunchback number one, but then three through five, I said were interchangeable because it was. Lion King, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast. And I almost didn't know what order to put them in because I liked them all for different reasons. And those were my first real Disney movies. Like I saw Little Mermaid in the theater when I was a kid, but I was still a little too young at the time to remember it and process it. But those are the ones I grew up with. Just phenomenal freaking movies. And we could do an entire episode just based on our love of Disney movies and and get into some really good arguments about what's a good movie and what's a bad movie. So when I talk about how much the Black Cauldron sucks ass, I said it, Mark. In a good way or a bad way? Okay. <clears throat> so the movie itself is very boring and slow-paced. The main character is really annoying. The The girl is kick-ass, but she doesn't get nearly enough screen time as she should. The villain looks scary, but... It's like running away from frickin' Jason Voorhees. If he catches you, you're probably in trouble, but as long as you can move at a brisk pace, he ain't gonna catch you. He looks scary and sounds scary, but doesn't do anything. And it has the absolute single worst sidekick in the history of cinema. Nah, I can't go that far, because Jar Jar exists. In the history of Disney, Gurgi, the little weird dog gremlin thing. What? No, God, no. Don't ever compare those two. Oh, my God. Ever. You mean, you mean this movie that is almost ended greatest. Disney animation wasn't a good movie? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Thank God Little Mermaid came out. <laughs> because, although I will say this, don't sleep on The Great Mouse Detective. That's no, actually really good. One of my favorites. One of my That's favorites. really good. Do you ever see that, Eric? No, I've not. Do you have Disney Plus? Uh... I'm pretty sure Rebecca does. Well, I I hope so. You've been watching Mando somehow, but I also know you have the internet, so. Well, hey, if you, I'm not a pirate. The internet is how you watch today. Disney Plus. What are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know where you guys were getting all this other stuff from. I said nothing. <laughs> I I say nothing. I am not incriminated. <laughs> Listen, yeah. everybody's got a past, and uh, exactly. sometimes my past is just a few seconds old. That's all. yes but don't sleep on the great mouse detective that's a very criminally underrated movie vincent price is the villain so how can you go wrong there professor radigan hmm 
it's good. It's a Sherlock Holmes story, just told from the point of view of the mouse. And Sherlock Holmes is in the movie. Yes, yes, he is. But he, but he takes he's he's the mouse hole at two twenty one B Baker Street. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's it's really good. I highly highly recommend that one. I remember I got heat for saying that I thought that Dumbo was actually a pretty crappy movie, and people were like, "But that's Walt's favorite." And I said, "I didn't say." Yeah, well, Walt died twenty years before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Walt, Walt wow. also hated Jews, okay? So. Oh, yeah, that's that's a rumor. So, yeah. 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 But, like, if you actually watch Dumbo now, it's not a good movie. It really isn't. It has, like, the whole... It's, it's a very mean-spirited movie that moves along at a dumb pace, and it can't figure out if it wants to be children's humor with the train struggling to get up the hill and making noises like the little engine that could or if it wants to just go full overt racism with the uh the crows it can't figure out what it wants to do you know what disney movie i'm not a fan of i'm gonna get a lot of shit for this oh i can't wait (sighs) pinocchio i agree pinocchio's not not that good it's not that good the only good thing that came out of Pinocchio was was the damn song that became the icon of Disney. When you wish upon a star. Yeah. Oh, I thought no strings. Okay, yeah, but yeah, that one's obviously because that's the one they play. That's that's before the every fucking movie. <laughs> yes, that's the signature song. No string, got no strings to hold me down is good too. I used to like that when I was a kid because you know when you would watch Disney Channel as a kid, they'd play pieces of the movie in between stuff. Oh, they used like, to play that. Uh, what's it called? The Disney sing along. Remember those? Yeah. Yep. The I remember long song tapes. Used to have all of them. Oh man, that's why. Like for the longest time, I I hadn't seen Bambi, but I had always seen the scene of Bambi on the ice skating rink. Yeah. Because they would play it all the time on Disney Channel. Then I finally saw the whole movie, and I'm like, well, that's a movie I've seen now. Because even the whole Bambi's mom thing didn't affect me as a kid. So okay, here comes here comes confession time. You guys will appreciate this. I can watch Bambi's mom get shot off screen and I can watch Mufasa fall to his death and I don't feel any kind of an emotional upheaval and that makes me seem heartless. However, when Ralph breaks free and goes to commit suicide while clutching the heart Vanellope made him in his hand while he recites the bad guy aphidasium, I fucking get choked up every goddamn time. Every goddamn time. Every time. I mean, how could you not? You'd have you literally have to be heartless to not. But I just said I can watch Mufasa fall to his death, and I don't feel anything. Oh yeah, fuck him. No, <laughs> like Jesus. Okay, I didn't <laughs> want to go that hard. <laughs> Mufasa. Oh, no, uh, uh. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean he's he's a great character, but they didn't give you time with him to actually like, you know, get to know him really. I guess that's it, right? Simba. Is like he's just his dad. And we know he's king of the he's he's king of the land. And he's kind of a hard ass, and Simba likes him. But that doesn't mean, you know what it is. I'll I'll get some heat for this one too. In the Hunger Games, when her, Katniss's sister gets killed, and you're supposed to feel horrible because she's a little girl and she was Katniss's whole world and everything, and it's like all all you've told me is she was important to Katniss, but you did nothing in the book or on screen because I've read the books and seen all the movies. To make me give a shit about this little girl. Other than. 
so now that she's dead, I'm supposed to suddenly care, and I don't because you didn't make me care about her. You told me that Katniss cares about her. There was a little something there at one point. They never went through because she was learning to become a a medical person. Yeah, she was starting to get good at it, and then like because that's how she dies, right? Because she shows up to help people, and then the secondary bomb comes down. Yes, I think. It, and it, it's not like they didn't have the ability to make you feel stuff because when Rue died. Right. But they also built Rue up so you'd care about her, which was yeah. cruel because the whole gimmick was that you knew she was going to die in the first place. I did it because I never read the fucking books. So when I saw the fucking movie, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, man. No, but that's the same her, like, thing in the movie, too. Ape shit. Dude, it's worse in the book because you're it's it's first person perspective. So it's Katniss like every time she's with Peter or Rue, she's like, I don't know how I have to kill them, but I have to because that's the only way I'm gonna survive. Like she reiterates that so much. So when Rue actually dies, you're like, Jesus Christ. Cause she didn't know how to dip how to go through with it and didn't want to. But um, plus Rue was Rue was doing the smart thing too. She was playing she was playing survivalist instead of uh instead of attacker. Yeah. Yeah. So she was she was going to live based on the fact that she was just going to hide. No one was going to find her. That's why Peter could have survived that whole thing, because he was just like, screw it. I'm going to camouflage myself. Dude, this That's is how we, we started this conversation on The Mandalorian. Now we're on The Hunger Games. <laughs> this yeah. is how these conversations just, work. But That's how it goes. But we're on the topic of just like, you have to build up the character and then kill them if you want us to feel anything for them. You can't just be like, uh, it's his mom or yeah, it's his dad and they're dead. Right. Like, yeah. It's not Can I give you a perfect I mean, too many movies start with them already dead. I don't get Yeah, <laughs> that that is true. Disney that's doesn't like good. parents. <laughs> that's that's they, the they truth. really don't. They really don't. Okay, I'll they give just... you a perfect example, and I think most people will agree with me on this one. Of a movie death that did not work because they failed the character in the book to movie translation. And that's Dobby. Mm-hmm. Because they gave all those scenes to fucking... To Neville. To Neville. And... Because Dobby's death meant nothing in the movie because we didn't see him except for the second movie and then the movie where he dies. Which is movie number seven. Seven point five. He does the gillyweed. He does the... Yeah, he does everything. He's in every book. He's so prominent in Harry's life. So when his death comes... It's a it's heart wrenching. And in the movie, they tried so hard to make it better by being like, oh, we'll give him extra dialogue and we'll make it really sad and everything and zoom in on his face. And it's like, uh, yeah, but you could this could have been so much bigger because he could have been in everything. I remember because of this, she told them to not cut creature because they were going to cut creature. Yes, the last book hadn't been out yet and they were going to cut creature. And she's like, I know what you've done with Dobby. And we can't fix that, but you have to have creature in in book in number five. Yeah, Creature's kind of essential. You have to have creature. You can't cut creature. <laughs> exactly. Creature is kind of essential here. Kinda need him. Yeah, there's there have been a couple of times where like, you know, it's like we're gonna kill the character and we're supposed to like feel something for him, but we're not because we've we failed miserably in making the the viewers care about them. Yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen that a couple times. You know, and 
Or it, if you're going to do this, at least have some sort of backstory. I'm going to take this. We're going to go over to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You don't really see Peter's mom or Star-Lord's mom. Is his name Peter? I can't fucking remember. Yeah, you can't Peter Quill. Yeah, Peter Quill. Okay. So you, you never really meet Peter's mom outside of the stories. But then they do like that little flashback in the hospital and stuff like that. And then that reveal of like, oh, yeah, I gave her that so she could die. That means I, something, though. That was yeah. a setup. Yeah. But like you didn't see her. You never really heard about her until that moment. Exactly. But you didn't have to because the storytelling was on was what it needed to be. Yeah. Also, 100% down with Peter on that one. <laughs> Which okay. sets up what happens to him in Infinity War. <laughs> exactly. Which is why he loses his shit so much and almost fucks the whole world, the whole universe. Oh, he fucked the whole for universe. Five years. For, for, for five, five years, years, he actually did. He did fuck the universe. That's why, that's why nobody shit. cheered when Star-Lord came back during the portal scene, but everybody lost their shit when Peter Parker showed up. <laughs> oh, you're like, well, here's his one. fucking ass. Okay, I got one for you. Fault anyway. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll, I'll full circle this back to Star Wars. How much more of an impact does the death and redemption of Darth Vader have after you've seen the prequels? Way fucking more. Because you actually watch him come back from the light side. And you knew Luke was right the whole time. Luke said, I know you're not fully gone. I can sense it. And that was the whole thing. And he act- and after seeing what him and the Emperor go through together, to see him turn on the Emperor means that much more. Do you know what I need in – I don't care which or how they fucking do it in one of these new Star Wars shows. I need Ahsoka and Luke to meet up somehow. Yeah, I've seen that comic. I've seen that comic the person drew where Luke tells Ahsoka that he got to meet his real father and she realizes he redeemed himself and burst into tears at his feet. I've seen that and I'm like <laughs> – yeah, I think right. everybody wants that. Oh and I God. think we're going to get it. You I think know, we have to get Asaka, it. The Ahsoka show they're working on. So. They are. One of the big, big reveals that had been rumored for a long time. And then when we found out we were getting it, everybody went Seems out. like she's going to go hunt down Thrawn, though. So we It's almost get that. to the point where I feel like Star Wars is so big, it doesn't make sense for it to be movies anymore. That's You're why right. I agree. That's why they have like. Out of that entire page of 20 things, there was three that were movies. <laughs> yeah. But the other yeah. thing is that I also like that they're doing limited series runs, too. Like Obi-Wan's thing, you know you can't have a whole a whole show. You can't have it go for seasons and seasons because there's Correct. not that much of Obi-Wan's story. So what they're going to do is they're going to do a limited run. They're going to know what story they want to tell, and they're going to tell it. And it's going to be quality for that reason alone. You know, that's why I'm not broken up about Stranger Things only having one more season, because I know that means that they know where they're going to end it. Right. And I feel like that that's perfect. And and I feel like once you make it that big, you can't do movies anymore. You can't have... Because at, at, at a certain point, you're going to be like, all right, Star Wars 12, you know? Like, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, um, what, what was the big joke in uh, Back to the Future? Jaws 9 or something like that? Yeah, it was like it was like a ridiculous number jaws. Yeah, at at some point you're gonna get so big, you're gonna have 
so much like people enjoying your content uh, such a huge fandom that in order to do it properly and have all the details to like to actually make this good and acceptable for your fandom you need to do limited series runs and and even if it's only like every other year or something like that if you wanted to continue telling stories you need plot time you need time to like sit down you need to make a script and a story and plan out everything make your your run but it can't be rushed and you're not going right. to be able to fit everything into a two or even a three hour movie. It just can't be done. Because let's – Clone Wars is so much better than the prequels or makes the prequels so much better. Infinitely Because better. it was – Like I, I love the Clone Wars show. It was a little hard to get into at first, I will admit. But once I got into it, I was like, this is phenomenal. It's yeah. felt the same way with Rebels. That first season is too much – they spent the entire first season getting you into these new these five new characters. And then I after that, it's Rebels. picked up way more. I really haven't seen enough of Rebels. I, I need to to do that. I will make it through season one to get to the good to the really good stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. I've that's what I've heard. I've watched exactly I, four episodes, so I'm very behind. I've watched yeah, I've watched a couple episodes and then I've watched the ending, and I was like, well, I guess I I guess I'm good to see this. I like uh, (laughs) I do like I do really like Chopper, though. A little smart ass that he is. He amuses me. Yeah, I know. I have to get I have to get through. I have a little baby Yoda figurine. I got to I got to finish Rebels before WandaVision on the 15th. I got to just finish Rebels. Uh, I'm going to I should uh, try to finish Rebels before Mandalorian season three comes out. But (laughs) at the rate that I watch shit, that's just not going to happen. So. But yeah, I will. Uh, I will try. I will try. I will try. So, uh, so guys, I know that we're at the end of the Christmas season here, but because we had a bit of a snafu with the scheduling and everything last week, we weren't a hundred percent sure if Eric was going to be on. So I had prepared a wrong answer Jeopardy holiday edition for you guys. We also went long enough just doing our lists. Yes, pretty much. Uh, so, oh, who wants shit. to play yeah, wrong yeah. answer Jeopardy? Uh, not me. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck it. Let's go. Oh, oh, no, you want to play it. You know you want to play it. All right. So, in, in tradition, for, for 12 Days of Christmas, I prepared 12 questions. And uh, let's see. How do we want to figure out who gets to go first or who gets to make that choice? I don't have oh, a rock, paper, yet. scissors. Yes, that'll totally work on. An audio podcast. <laughs> if you guys want to, I mean, just saying. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like, Dan, you should go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, go, go first for how many? Do we alternate? Do we do the first six or do all of them? No, nah, we'll we do alternate. the, like, we'll alternate. All right. Well, it's okay. We'll do alternations. All right, guys. This is Wrong Answer Jeopardy 12 Days of Christmas edition. Are you ready for your first is that is that just it? Is Christmas theme and that's our theme? Everything is related to Christmas and somehow, but it's related to different Christmas stuff from mythology, the songs, movies, questions, etc. Uh, I would like a X mass for one hundred, please, Chris. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> this icon of Christianity's birthday is celebrated on December twenty fifth. Who is Buddy Christ? Buddy Christ. Okay. And Eric? 
Who is uh, Lucifer? <laughs> Who is Lucifer? Okay. So the devil was born on December 24th, or we celebrate the devil's birthday on December 24th. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's not the devil. He's an, he's an angel. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, from a certain perspective. <laughs> from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? All right. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to come back to that one. <laughs> okay. Not sure. give us points? I'm not sure how I'm feeling right now. All right. Whatever. All right, Eric, you're going first. (laughs) Eric, you're going first on this one. Oh, okay. He is a jolly fat man who delivers presents to the children of the world. Uh, Who was Jared? (laughs) Who is what? Who is Jared Subway from Subway? Oh my god! Jared from Subway. (laughs) God damn it! All right, Dan. I was going to say me, but I conceded this round. <laughs> <laughs> Who is me? <laughs> yeah, Eric's going to get that point. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do have to give the first round point to Dan because Buddy Christ is funny. Yeah. Uh, L- Lucifer wasn't I, really. Wasn't I, 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 I had nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> right, I'll, t- I'll tie it up. We'll be fair. All right. Eric, you're going first this time. <laughs> Oh no, uh, Dan, you're going first this time. We gotta, I gotta stay consistent. No, Eric's going first. Oh my god, I'm already lost. No, <laughs> no, no it is me going first. <laughs> I am already lost. Okay, this reindeer guided Santa's sleigh through a thick, foggy cloud on Christmas Eve. Oh, that would be um, would you dear? Would you dear? Yeah, it's uh, the wife always saying. Would you dear? Would you dear help? Would you help Santa? Would you dear? Would you dear? Okay. Eric? We're running out of time now. I have to concede. I got nothing on this one. Damn. All right. Conceded. Dan gets the point by default. Okay. Maybe this one will be a little easier for you, Eric. Here we go. Ralphie from A Christmas Story only wanted this present for Christmas. Uh, I'll take what is bad bitches for a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. I also like that it's what is bad bitches. Not even like they're not even people. They're just. (laughs) Well, he loves bad bitches. That's his fucking problem. Oh, my God. All right, Dan. (laughs) What is the Lisa Ann branded fleshlight? Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Good Lord. I'm actually writing this shit down so I can. I don't even know why you were writing it down. Well, because I'm going to I'm going to put this up as a poll in the group. Oh, God. It's for evidence for the FBI when they fuck come knocking on our doors and shit. Exactly. Oh, God. Good God. Like, we heard you want to send Jared to little kids like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that is so terrible. So. You're each getting a point this round because Eric's thing popped me like crazy, but then Dan's was too specific to not give him credit for that. <laughs> Specifically, the Lisa Ann brand. 
<laughs> yeah, it's gotta be the specific. It's, it's obviously shaped like the actual vagina of, of porn star Lisa Ann. Good lord. All right, back to Dan. Instead of a Christmas bonus, Clark Griswold was enrolled in this. Uh, he was actually enrolled in the uh, University of Phoenix. Yeah, there you go. I like that. All right, Eric. A uh, trip to the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> Fair enough. Meet the Playboy Bunnies. That could uh, that could be possible, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, see that Christmas movie. National yeah. Lampoon's vacation to uh, the Bunny Ranch. Well, Cousin Eddie would probably be there. I mean, they did go to Vegas. They could have just popped right outside of town and gone. Yeah, it's it's one of the deleted scenes. <laughs> Rusty, Rusty fucks a little caprice, yeah. <laughs> Rusty becomes a man. Is Rusty still in the Navy? <laughs> All right, let's try this one. This dog, owned by Charlie Brown won first place in a Christmas decorating contest. All right, Eric, what's the name of Charlie Brown's dog? Uh, what is the name of the dog that uh, uh, that Michael Vick used? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't actually know the dog's name. Because uh, he uh, had two. He had many. <laughs> well, I mean, only I'll a few survived. Down, I'll put down Michael Vick's dog. Michael Vick's dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dan? Who is Clifford the Big Red? Of course. Yeah. I like Clifford, but I have to give that one to Eric, because that's just <laughs> fucking sick. Good lord. Alright. This one, this one you guys might have some fun with. In Elmo and Patsy's biggest hit, Grandma was run over by this. Dan? Uh, it would be the, uh, dump truck from the sewage treatment plant. Oh, God. That's just, that's just terrible. All right, Eric? Uh, ironically, I know this story, and I know she was run over by the Ecto-1, uh, and then immediately captured by the same people who ran her over. Wow. All right, that's points to Eric. It's like the Ecto-1 from the video game, where it has the giant yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Man, I was thinking about the OG video game, but in the newer too. <laughs> so, you guys want to know what my answer to this was going to be? Uh, <laughs> what was it? It's, it's terrible. Uh, Grandma was run over by a train, but not the type of train you're thinking of. Oh, Jesus. Well, I don't think we can <laughs> show that. <laughs> you know, they ran a train on Grandma and killed her? <laughs> I mean, that's one way to die, right? Oh, my God. Good for her. It was a black train. Well, obviously. <laughs> the fuck? They killed her with the BBC, dude. Of course. All right, let's 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 try this one here. Eric's up first again. Traditionally, children leave out this treat for Santa on Christmas Eve. So what are the kids leaving out for Santa? Uh, these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> Damn. Fruitcake, because someone's got to eat it. Ugh. Oh, fucking hate fruitcake. 
I was expecting How do you one take two things that are separately really, really good and then combine it to make something that's fucking awful? I mean, yeah. My grandmother still gets yearly fruitcakes from this one old family member, and we think he might be dead, but they're still getting it set. I wonder if they've got like some sort of uh, automatic payment and just send it out every year. Yeah. I feel like we, we should we should start a service like that where we just go, hey, do you normally forget your wife's birthday or something? Just apply to this and we'll send her a gift every fucking year. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> we'll charge you <laughs> like a, a yearly subscription type of thing. Give us a hundred bucks. We'll make sure she's always happy. There we go. Yeah, and there'll be different levels, right? Like, do you want yeah. just some flowers? That'll be 20 a year. But if you want something nice, it's going to be a couple of them, Yeah. And then yeah. You, can, uh, you can have multiple people on multiple days, and they'll just charge you. At that point, just do a monthly service. 15 bucks a month. We'll just send out people happy birthday or happy anniversary or get well soon. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're forgetting the get well soon card then that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a uh, it's free of charge if you know they're gonna get sick or I told you so or whatever <laughs> <laughs> alright I'm really nervous about this next one but I had to include it because I thought I thought the answers would be very funny white Christmas refers to this covering the ground on Christmas morning <laughs> Dan, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, it was obviously Bukake. <laughs> Eric? Uh, what is the burning cross? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm giving all these porn answers. Everyone's going to know. My daily, my daily <laughs> I think I, I've never actually made like chris go into shock and i uh, i gotta make sure you, you okay there buddy <laughs> am i am i playing this game wrong oh god damn it <laughs> you told me his he had fucked up sense of humor and that we would get so sure anymore <laughs> i was kind of expecting somebody to be like cocaine but you know what i'll take that oh, yeah. burning cross <laughs> on their front yard burning cross and uh yeah uh, <laughs> And a bukkake. Well, I'm going to give you each a point, so now it's six to five. (laughs) Eric, six, Dan, five, because you've gotten two points. You've gotten an extra point on each one so far. Uh, There's still three to go, so Dan can still win with two victories, and Eric will at least clinch a tie with one. We'll see how this goes. There's still three questions. And I'm a little nervous about this one now after the, how the next one went, but we'll try it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, here we go. And Eric, you're up, Eric, you're up first, so you better be prepared. Oh, all right. A Tickle Me version of this character was one of the hottest toys of the 1990s. Uh, what is a Sarah Michelle Gellar doll? You son of a bitch. <laughs> I wasn't going to do Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I was going to do something. Okay. <laughs> What's your answer then, Dan? <laughs> now I need some time. Well, it, it's not, it better be better than Sarah Michelle Geller because I'm already ready to award that to Eric. Well, it's not going to be better than Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. It was probably going to be like Cindy Crawford or somebody else that was hot in the 90s. So. Uh, you know what my answer was? Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I went the other direction. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Every time you tickled it. <laughs> that toy Should with I? a fucking soul. Oh my god. Can you All imagine right, so- that, like, the court order? Like, show me on this doll where he touched you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I win that round. <laughs> Still six to five. Two questions left. Let's see how this goes. This is uh, Dan going first. This green Dr. Seuss's character hated Christmas and made sure to steal it. That'd be the booger. Uh, of course, the booger. All right, Eric, which which green Dr. Seuss character hated Christmas? Um, I'm going to have to go with Slimer. Aw. Yeah, I got Slimer hated was... Christmas? Jeez. Slimer would have eaten Christmas. So he was angry. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't have carved the roast beast. He would have just eaten it. <laughs> he definitely would have stolen all the food. The yeah. hell with the toys. <laughs> well, for our last one, Eric's going to get to go first. And this is the last question for Wrong Answer Jeopardy. In It's a Wonderful Life, every time a bell rings, an angel receives this. What's... I'll take what's a pegging? Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Dan. Fellatio. I mean, yeah. Let's go with that. Well, that would actually. I'm going to give that one to Dan. Okay. You'd rather that they actually, get blown than fucked in the ass with the dildo. So that actually that actually ties you guys up because I couldn't. I didn't award a point yet to the booger versus Slimer question, but since the booger is not actually a thing, the Slimer is, I I will give that to Eric. But that actually puts you at seven and six, which considering the fact that there were 12 questions, that's actually pretty good. (laughs) Who got the bonus point then? Well, each, each of you got a point. For two of your answers. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The bad bitches and fleshlight each netted you a point, and then I, for Bukaki and Burning Crosses, I sicking, sickeningly and ordered you each a point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you well, wanted that... to test my sense of humor, and you did, so. <laughs> I was just like, how far can I push this? And this will probably be our last episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, um, right? Thanks. Just- <laughs> <laughs> All the porn talk and racism. We made it. We made it 20 episodes. <laughs> and I was only on five of them. <laughs> so uh, the only thing now is we have to do a, a game of Wrong Answer Jeopardy where Dan comes up with the question so I can compete against Eric. Mm. See, I, I'm yeah, still trying to figure out time. your personality, Dan. So I feel like uh, Chris is definitely going to have an edge on this. Well, uh, hey, uh, he had it for... when it was you. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Really the only one, only one that's even, the only one that's relatively even is you and me with Chris asking. So. so should I? Should I? Well, we can always do another one with me until you guys are more confident. Oh no, I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, this way, I get to gauge his personality based on like what he finds funny. So. You just want to figure out. You just want to figure out where you can test his limits too. Of sense oh, of, of course, of course. Well, that there was, was a couple of times like, where I'm like, oh I shit, I think I broke Chris's mic. He's not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> like when we would do the wrestling show, I would always want everybody to laugh. But then w- the problem was everybody was making jokes, the same jokes, right? Because 
it got to the point where like somebody made an Owen Hart joke and we laughed. So then every week somebody would make another Owen Hart joke and you're like, all right, now it's not funny anymore. But nobody wanted to dip out of that well. Then it became the Chris Benoit jokes. And then those stopped being funny. And then eventually I was like, all right, here's the deal. For this week, whatever answer you give, the person must be alive. And people are like, oh, god damn it. And it's like, no, you want to. If that's the only way that you know how to get sense of humor is to make jokes about dead people, then you need to broaden your sense of humor. Sometimes some of the funniest stuff is the stuff people weren't even trying to be funny on. Or they would just come up with an answer. You're like, that's really funny. That's the winner. And people are, they're like, dude, I wasn't even trying. It's like, well, maybe that's the secret then. Yeah. Because that used maybe to happen too. When you try. <laughs> well, that used to happen too, because I would, I, I would, I would try like too hard to make Dan laugh and I would delete my first, my first comment and post a second one. I'm like, this is the one that I want Dan to laugh at. And then Dan, like, He's like, oh, that wasn't even remotely funny. And I'd be like, well, here's my first one. And then he would laugh hysterically. And I'm like, I should have trusted my instincts. <laughs> should have done it. So sometimes, Remember, uh, but yes. Mel Brooks once said, wit is shit, funny is money. Yes. Well, Mel Brooks also knew how to be hysterical. Mel Brooks is the, like, yeah. I don't think he that- can do his comedy now, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why he hasn't in like 25 years. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, it's a good thing I retired when I did. Mel Brooks is the next one that like, when he goes, I'm going to be devastated. Because I just, I just want. It's going to be Stanley level for me. Yeah, Stanley. It's definitely going to be like a Stanley style level. Like that's going to break my friggin' heart. Because I just, I, I love Mel Brooks so much. And I think he's so funny. And I've loved a lot. I haven't loved everything that he's done, but I've loved most of it. So, I mean, there's been two, like two celebrities that really like that have died that I was just like really heartbroken over. First one is Robin Williams. Yeah, that one hit me and Shannon really hard. Like I was devastated. And and, and the, the fucked up thing is... um like I would literally watch his movies whenever I'm in a funk or like I'm in a de- like depressed mood, and he know that right. it was depression that got him. It was just like fuck, man. And then the second one, and it was the same reason I listened to them, and I love this fucking grumpy band, cat, right? Grumpy cat is um um Chester from Lincoln Park. Oh yeah, that one. That one was rough because I got the news right when I started my shift at the hotel. That Chester had passed away, and I was like, "Well, great. There goes now. I have to spend eight hours attempting to be happy. This is not going to work." And you become so numb. Ugh. Don't just don't. God damn it! <laughs> it's still too soon. Mel Brooks is one. I know. Like my my wife is going to be devastated when Dick Van Dyke passes away. She loves Dick Van Dyke, like that. And he's another one. You know, he's in his nineties too. So. Oh man, you know no, it's it's one of those things, that's the one thing that that as sad as Stanley's death was, I look back and I go, that guy got to live to be like ninety five. He lived and a that's great life, fantastic. Like that and is, it's one thing losing yourself to like or like losing someone to just old age, right? And then the other to like depression. Yeah, that, or, oh, I think that's the thing, right? Is like. 
when you're preparing for something, it, it's different than when it happens out of complete nowhere. Right. But you can only do so much preparing because there's one celebrity death where if they were to happen, it and I'm I, I really here's wood. All right, knocking on wood. Oh, you're gonna have to. But yeah, because if it happens, I feel like now it's my fault and I have to live with that. But when Betty White goes, oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna depress but, everybody because that's a yeah that's a national treasure right there. Yeah. So who was like the first celebrity death that really got you? Because because it was. Mitch Hedberg, and I learned about it on April 1st. So when my friend told me about it, I didn't believe them for about two hours. Oh, mine? The first one I really remember impacting me was Phil Hartman. Because I... You were like 10. No, Phil Hartman died in 99. I was a freshman in high school. I was I was at that age where I could comprehend how sad a celebrity's death was. Because, like, I remember when Johnny Carson and Frank Sinatra passed away and what big deals those were on the news, right? But, like, Phil Hartman was the first one where that one hit close to home because he had – because I've been a Simpsons fan since the show aired. So that's, you know, you're looking at almost 10 years of listening to his voice on stuff. Plus, I love Jingle All the Way. And I I had seen him on Saturday Night Live a bunch of times because I used to actually watch that as a kid too. So, like, that was one where – and the circumstances also hit you hard, too. May 28th, 1998. Yes. Yeah, my, his my, wife was a crazy bitch and killed him. Yeah. That's why I'm glad. I'm, I'm so happy that Johnny Depp is still alive because I don't I don't trust that situation at all. I don't think anybody should have either. And I love yeah, how Hollywood blamed him and now he's the one. He's the one that's on the outs and makes no sense. Yeah, everybody hates that. Yeah, that was Phil Hartman was the first one I really remember being impacted by. Because up until because here's the thing. I never lost anyone until my grandfather passed away. Like anybody really close in the family didn't pass away until my grandfather died. And I was already in college when that happened. That was my first actual real loss that I had to deal with was my grandfather. And I was at a good I was at a good age for it to happen because I was old enough to handle it without I was old enough to handle it without being like a complete mess by it. I had the ability to control my fac my my emotions, my faculties, my what however you pronounce that word. I can't pronounce anything. You know that's my thing. So like I that was like the first one that really got me. But like as far as celebrities go, I remember that one. I I remember that one specifically hitting hard. That's the first one I remember because like other celebrities had obviously passed away, but I wasn't a regular watching Johnny Carson. I wasn't old enough where Frank Sinatra was actually part of my music collection yet. So those didn't really affect me. But yeah, but that one that one did. That was definitely the one I remember. Okay, mine. <clears throat> Tuesday, April 5th, 1994. I was in school. Uh, it was near the end of my class or whatever. I was uh, going home. Somebody was saying something like, oh, did you hear? And I, I didn't listen because I didn't really have a lot of friends at the time. And I got home 
it was all over the fucking TV. Kurt Cobain. And this was around the time mm-hmm. where I started listening to his music, like in the uh, early 90s. I want to say like 91, something like that. Gotcha. So, like, I didn't know, like, I come from a very Hispanic family. So, we just played a lot of Latin music. So, oh, I didn't like name music. Flores? No way, dude. Right? <laughs> but, like, I didn't. I didn't really know what genres of music were out there outside of like country because I heard that and like Latin music and I didn't like either one of them. But when I heard the alternative rock and like grunge really and it was all Nirvana stuff, I was like, this is fucking cool. And uh, and then, you know, for a few years, like this is pretty much what I listened to was like them and I like the Beasley Boys and stuff like that too. But like, you know. It was basically that, Buster Rhymes, um, that kind of thing. And then this happened, and I was like, damn. And it wasn't that, like, he died. It was how. Like. Well, yeah. Right? Because I'm used to, like, at the time I heard stories of, like, rock stars dying early because of overdose and stuff like that. But those are all, all accidental deaths, right? Like, they're having a great fucking time. They took too much drugs. They fucking died. A gunshot. Or now they were maybe they were depressed too, but they were doing right. drugs. <clears throat> right, but they were they were doing something other to cope with it. But like they were trying to cope with it. None of them were actually trying to kill themselves. And like, but cut like gunshot. Really, that's how. Wow, it was fucking wild. It was fucking wild. So since we kind of got onto a dark topic here. I will uh, I will bring this back to light because you mentioned the Beastie Boys. And I think you'll uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when we were working at Disney at Interventions, uh, our buddy Paul, shout out to Paul if he's listening. Hey, Paul. Not a, he's listening. <laughs> oh, not a, not Paul C. Uh, Paul J. Oh, well, sorry. He's I, listening I, too. I, hey, Paul. I forgot <laughs> to specify. Which Paul I'm talking about. Uh, Paul J had the idea that me, him, and Carlos, he wanted us to form a Beastie Boys cover band. And we were all down for that, too. But uh, what made it funnier was he insisted that the cover band wouldn't have meant anything unless we already had a name and could hawk merchandise. And the name that Paul came up with for us was Rocket Fuel for Your Penis. What the fuck? Why do I remember that name? <laughs> because Paul was really, really, really proud of it. <laughs> if you're a cover band, you're supposed to name yourself after a song or an album. That's he. That's what he wanted us to be. He wants us Rocket to be a Beastie Boys cover band called Rocket Fuel for Your Penis. That's lit. I want everybody listening to the show to understand something right now. That you could have come on our ride, right? You could have experienced Paul and I at our Disney best being magical in front of you, joking with you. And the second you were gone, we were talking about rocket fuel for your penis, actively discussing it. I want everybody to know that that not only probably happened, but it did. It did happen. Not probably. But that happened in many different attractions with many different combos of people talking about many different things. And you were probably within just out of earshot of several of these comments. So Sometimes one time within uh, earshot, I, I I will have to say like 
one time I went up to Eric while he was on the robos, and when you're in the, when you was actually operating the robot, you had to stare at the cameras because that was a safety position, so you couldn't take your eyes off of it. And I walked up to him and just whispered in his ear, "You know what's a funny word?" And I said a really, really, really bad <laughs> word. I'm going to repeat on this show, but I said it just to make him laugh, and it worked. And you were laughing about that for like a week straight. It was the but, fucking funniest thing because you weren't expecting, wasn't expecting it. it. I wasn't expecting it. Today, that's a funny word. And then I said it, and it was one of the most inappropriate words I could have possibly said in my life. But I said it just to make you giggle. Because, I mean, well, you know what they say. There are no such thing as bad words, only bad intentions. That is true. That is 100% true. I I wasn't saying that word with bad intentions. I was saying it because when you heard it, you were going to laugh because you weren't expecting it. So I did. And you 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 laughed. You were doing it maliciously, but in a good way. <laughs> Not maliciously towards the people the word offends. No, I was doing no. it maliciously towards you because I Correct. wanted you to break you and I succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was uh, you just started giggling <laughs> because was, you didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, and then remember, I, I we, never, we never said it again. All we would do is just go up to each other and go, you know, it's a funny word. And we both just start laughing. Yeah. Because – the word well, now you have to tell me what the word is because the moment existed i can tell you what the word is i you know what go to the go to the text chat for this podcast oh and it, it's it's sitting in there right now <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah that's that's what i said <laughs> that's what i said and it popped him i, I didn't mean it i didn't mean it any other way but, so unexpected. So unexpected. Dude. And the thing is, people listen to this and they'll be like, and if they ask me what the word is, I'll tell them. And they'll be like, that is horrible. I'll be like, you don't even understand what went on out there. You don't understand. Because we were on such pressure to be on all the time that we had to just like you should have heard us the inappropriate jokes we would tell in the break room. We would oh, tell the dirtiest, God. filthiest jokes we could come up with, insulting everybody. Because you're because like dead to the world, right? Because you're putting on a show. Oh yeah, you become uh, you, you become jaded right? to all that shit, all that shit. You you seen the, you get- the movie Waiting? Have you seen the movie Waiting? Yes, I have. Dan, <sighs> I don't have I? It's uh Ryan Reynolds. They're like the waiters and stuff like that, in, in a diner. Yeah, I got I, Shannon had me watch this at one point. I don't. I, I was kind. I, I kind of was paying attention to it, but kind of not. But I remember the general thing. Okay. Oh, well, no, if I you're am not. But there is it, still waiting, which is a. Let me put it this way. way. I'll, I'll put it in a term you'll understand. Remember how Dante and Randall acted when they were working? Yes. Okay. Then you already have an idea of what what was happening in this movie. So yeah, that's basically how they act backstage. That's how we act backstage, or yes. what we call off stage. Like when you're not on, you're off, and and oh, it just we let everything out, and it's kind of a safe space back there. Sometimes you had to just you dealt with such a crappy person, and you couldn't be crappy back to them because they because that would just get you in so much trouble that your only option was to just get back into the break room and just go. Ah, just start screaming about these people and ranting about them. And then the best part is you would rant about them and then somebody else would go, Oh God, you had to deal with that guy too. So did I. And then they'll tell, they, well, have yeah, they go through the entire park. Right. So when you well, everybody's got a story park. about that guy. Yeah. That fucking guy. 
And you, and you remember fucking stroller. You remember what he looked like, what it, what co- kind of clothes he was wearing, what his stupid hat was, what his stupid facial hair looked like. You remember all that crap. Because oh, but when you work at GameStop, you know what car he has too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what they pull up. Yeah. And like, oh my gosh, this motherfucker again. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him we don't have any more Game Boy games. <laughs> Dude, I yeah, think everybody for God, everybody because everybody can relate to that, right? Yeah. Wait, hold up. Dan, have you worked at GameStop before? Yeah, I worked at a GameStop. Get my first out. day of work could it could thankfully they did not book me for this to be my first day. My first day at GameStop could have been the Halo 3 launch. Oh, oh my god. You would have quit the next day. They thankfully did not work me until that until the next week. You like I officially out, my first day of being paid was actually to come in and have the Christmas season speech. I got paid for that half hour. <laughs> that was the first work I did at GameStop. One of the I, I I used to work at GameStop in the Florida Mall, and I had to prep for the Halo Two launch. Um, Dude, that's because because that, that game got pushed back a couple of times, right? So. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, that's the one where the guy got tattooed. It was like nine nine something, nine 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 or nine nine twelve or. Oh no, it was two thousand four, dude. Was it two thousand four? It was like. Hold up, when did it come out? Oh, Halo Halo 2, 2 came out in 04. Release date. But it was like September or something, right? September, yeah, oh, November. November 9th. I remember that 9 because he tattooed something. And anyway, it fucking haunts me to that day. Like, that was the worst launch. for the release of Halo 2? Oh my. Yeah. Jeez. It was, it was by far the worst experience ever because we had pre-ordered like uh close to a hundred and something games. Uh but we only got fifty. Oh no. Uh and then they wanted us to line up because we were gonna open at midnight. The mall. We were gonna open the mall at midnight for this game that people just have seen. Yep. And Did any other were... even try to open just to get some business out of it or uh you know the funny thing is we had an electronics boutique at the time uh, but we had just bought them out, so they weren't opening. Like GameStop had literally had just bought them. Literally fucking stuck. <laughs> it's like I, I remember because I didn't I didn't work in the mall, but there was a mall store nearby, and we knew guys that worked other stores. And at that mall, the um, Mrs. Field stayed open, so they gave all these fat gamers cookies. <laughs> That's smart as hell. Smart as hell. So so the place where the cookies and the milkshakes was open at midnight. Also open at midnight that year. That day was FYE because that was the day uh, uh, Knocked Up came out on DVD. Oh, there you go. Well, that's a good (laughs) one. Yeah, I liked it. I did like that. But I I can't I can't relate to a GameStop story, but I was at the Wizarding World on day one. So yeah, well, you know what? Now I'm left out. That's not how are you left wait, out? Wait, what? How are you left out? You have your GameStop stories. Now you're going to start. No, we're talking. We're talking about GameStop. I can talk about that. We go back to you guys in your little club. 
<laughs> no, I'm just I'm <laughs> not telling anything. I'm not telling a story from it. I'm just saying I I imagine that's what it was like. Well, yeah, it's it's uh yeah. Like I see this magic you deal with people, so you deal with people. Yeah. It was you a, just got to deal with them all day cuz that's an all day whole week thing. You get the same asshole at 12:30 every fucking day for a week straight. Right, cuz they want yeah. Uh, it was really I get more, it. like Working at, at GameStop was really shitty. I think one of the shittiest things that I've ever seen them do, and they do this with perfectly good games, is just fucking destroy them and then dump them. Like, we'll take in games for trade for like the, I remember specifically it was for the PlayStation 1. We were still accepting games. And any games that mm-hmm. weren't like hardcore mainstream stuff, we would just bring them in. We'd offer them like 12 cents for them. They're going to take it because they're buying whatever. They're trading in so much. Then we would take those games that we know are not going to sell, crack them, just pop them, and toss them. We weren't allowed to give them. That is we weren't allowed to take them. My heart. It that was, is breaking my heart right there. Yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah, there's going to be a period soon where retro collecting is. They're just not going to be able to do it because stupid stores did shit like that. I know. Yeah. I, I and I hate because, it because that year you there was no business. Or, uh, I know I hate it. I I hate it. I absolutely hate it when you say things like that because I it's because it's true. It's one hundred percent true, and it's it's friggin' awful. The, like, yeah, the thing is, like, if it if you're not okay, I understand you're not going to sell it. And, like, nobody's going to buy it now, right? But there are still people out there who would love to have a free game. Why not donate it to like Toys for Tots or something? You know, people love that absolutely they would. I don't know. That's just me. And they could have used that as a tax write-off. They're going to pay 12 cents for it anyway. What the hell's the point? Just freaking give it away. It it was a lot of Madden games. A a lot of fucking Madden. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, early sports titles. But isn't that the thing is like the next sports title that came out, they would just, they they wouldn't want the previous year because I did that with a lot of my games. Yeah. I'd get or, rid of like, the previous year's version to get the new one. The thing is, you need to get rid of it before the new one comes out because it loses its value so fucking fast. Especially the sports It games. loses the value like a month before. Yeah, like a month before, right. right. So you have to be prepared to go a month without playing anything like that. Yeah, But that was also back in the day where there was the college football game and they would literally buy the college football game. This was a thing that they actually advertised because the college college starts like a month before the NFL so the game comes out a month before Madden buy the college game play that for a month trade it in to get Madden they would give you $40 for that game there you go so you would mostly pay off your Madden and it it was people did that every year for years hey you know I get it you want to stay current I feel like they could have done a uh a subscription-based service now for Madden if they wanted to keep current. They could, yeah. they could totally get away with it. Or make it um, make it free to play, right? You pick one team or whatever, you stick with that team, and then I'm just... <sighs> fucking EA is going to do it. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say the rest because they'll do it and they'll ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you could well, totally... Already, they already love through. those microtransactions, so... Exactly. And then everything else is behind a paywall. Like, oh, yeah, you can get the newest Madden for free. And pick your favorite team. And if 
Uh, your first team is free, and if you want to buy another team, then it's like $5, and you just pay $5 for each team. And then uh, when a new player retires... But there's 32 teams, but if you want if you want them all, it's more than $60. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm never like... going to play as the Patriots, so... <laughs> well, then oh, there's man. like, well, does that mean I can't trade for any other players? I only have the players? Oh no, that's that's locked behind a paywall too. You pay like an extra ten dollars, and you're allowed to trade players uh, from people that you know, from your friends, uh, and you can go back and forth as long as they also have paid the ten dollars to trade. Oh, but you also have to pay ten dollars just to go online. With remember those? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Online codes where it, it was free codes. if you bought the game new, and there was a little code on a pamphlet inside the game. But if you ever bought it used, you had to pay them $10 for the rights to play the game online. You know what I you should know about this because the SVR games had that. I know. Well, you know, what, really I, you know s- what I missed? What? GoldenEye, where you could just unlock the X bonus levels and the cheat codes and everything by just being good at the game. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but so to go back on uh, what, what Dan was saying about the whole fucking ten dollars extra is that sometimes you would buy a brand new game would be what well, the time it was like fifty dollars, but a used game would be forty five dollars. So you'd end up paying more if you wanted to play online buying the used game than a brand new fucking game. Right, mm. right. But that's if the used so. copy is going to be expensive anyway, then I'm just going to buy the new copy because at least that way I know it's not scratched up or anything. Right. Well, oh, but then yeah. GameStop ruined new games too because they started pulling them from the cases and yep. putting them in a separate envelope. Yep. yep, they open the packages and take them out, and then some. Sometimes they scratch them up even more than somebody who uh, who owned it before. Yes, I know. I know. Did you ever have an issue with the dusty ass games? Yes. All the fuck discs time. just covered in dust. Like I can't even clean this. There's so much dust on it. Dude, I've gotten games once where it had fucking roach eggs inside of it. Oh, yeah. Inside the disc? Oh, man. Not not the disc, but like the. We were still taking. I'm showing my fucking age. We were still accepting Super Nintendo. Not Super Nintendo. uh, Nintendo 64. And like you would look underneath and uh, the cartridges and stuff like that. It just fucking filled with roach eggs. Because you know, those those cards, especially N64 cards, tiny. Tiny board in there and it is 75% air in there. Yep. Yep. Ugh. <sighs> it's, it's it's one of those things where it's just big, so it's a little bit difficult, more difficult to steal. Well, guys, here we're talking about video games and this is our last show of the year. Would you like to hear IndieWire's top 11 games of 2020? Yes. You find out that I played none of them. All right, number 11, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Played it. Haven't played it. I I had the issue of trying to get into that, knowing it's not even a third of the game, and the fact that it took them this long to make it, how long is it going to take to make the rest of it, and it'll be on a different console, maybe even two more consoles from now. Yeah. By the time they finish it, so... Uh, number 10 I mean, is Go- Kingdom, see- Kingdom Hearts did come out and we, we kind of fucking did that same thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, number 10 is Ghost of Shishima. Yeah, I haven't played that's it. That's on my list. I want to play it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that one's really good. Yep. Uh, number nine is called Tell Me Why. 
Ain't nothing but a. I was uh, waiting for it. Lady. I was fucking waiting for it. <laughs> Tell me Ain't why. nothing but a midday. Uh, I haven't heard of this one, but apparently it's it's episodic, like Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead. Ah, okay. So, but number eight is Demon Souls. Oh, that remake. makes sense. That that yeah. that shouldn't be on the list. I feel like it's super old. I get it. It they released it released or whatever. Remake from the Jack, right? So, wait, yeah. is it a remake or a remaster? Remake. Is a remake? Is a full? Supposed to be a remake, but it's but it is it's a shot for shot remake. Oh, just like that Gus Van Zant version of Psycho. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, I'll check it out. I thought it was just a remaster. That's why I was like, yeah, it doesn't count. I don't count remasters as fucking a new game. Well, it's just updated textures. There isn't a lot to go off of some graphics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we true. were. We can't even do a retrospect on our top movies of 2020 because we haven't seen anything because there hasn't yeah. been a lot to see. So oh, this is like the worst year in I've, I've seen one. I've seen one movie this year that came up this year. Yeah. Uh, at number seven is Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I have yet to yeah. play, but I hear it's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I will be getting that. that probably my first PS5 game I actually get. So jealous. Uh, I haven't. I haven't heard of this one. Number six is Neo Two. Oh, that came out? And I always... <laughs> when the fuck did that come out? Yeah, it says it came out. Somewhere during Rona, probably. What? When the fuck did this come out? Hold on. It came out in March? <laughs> well, you're waiting. So we were like, here. Dude, that was the beginning of the shutdown, dude. Yeah, I, I guess I just got over... like I overlooked it because of the shutdown. <laughs> okay, whatever. Well, All it's right. getting... Yeah, it's getting a PlayStation 5 release on February 5th. So, mm. you just gotta wait a little longer and then you can play it on your PS5. Okay. So, there you go. Yep, Neo 2. Uh, let's see. At number 5 is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Okay. That, I like the first actually, one, so... It's actually With a cool-looking game. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a really cool-looking game. It's a uh, it's one of the the styles that I like. It's uh, they call it a Metroidvania style game where yep. you're like constantly upgrading, going back and forth, and unlocking new rooms with your abilities and whatnot. To, yes, uh, yeah, back, backtracking with new abilities so you can jump. Yeah. They com- they, the the article actually compares it to Metroid, Castlevania, Rayman, and Super Meat Boy. Okay, I don't. That's a hell I of a never. I would never compare anything to Rayman. <laughs> Chris, you know something about Super Meat Boy? Is the announcer that goes, Super Meat Boy? That's Wiggly. Yes, that is Wiggly. Wiggly is the voice that goes, Super Meat Boy! Yeah, we should have him on an episode of The Nerd Table. But I haven't really talked to him in a couple of years, so... But he'd be a fun guest to have on. Hell yeah. The old giant media ball. Kind of, so he's he's who inspired oh, yeah, me to come should, up uh, with CKCC uh, Radio. Oh yeah, he inspired me to do podcasting at all. <laughs> yeah, he inspired like me to create should, my own podcasting network. You should reach out to him, and we'll reach back out with uh, uh, um, Guildmaster, and we'll bring him on and just talk about video games one episode. Hell yeah, hell yeah! I'm, sh- I'm sure those guys would be down to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Unless it turns out that they've known each other years before and are big rivals and hate each other, and yeah. the show uh, just implodes. 
Yeah. I didn't and Eric's just like, well, this was a bad idea. <laughs> I'm like, who who thought of this shit? Dan? Yeah, er- Eric? <laughs> Eric? <laughs> all right, all right. It, was me. it wouldn't be your first time going down a route like that. I thought this, I didn't think this would be a bad idea at all. Well, we see how that worked out. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I sure think my good. actual catchphrase was, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yes, that is your actual catchphrase. <laughs> uh, your other catchphrase is, I'm on lunch. Oh, yeah, that is true. Uh, at number four is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. I saw a bunch of people go nuts when that came out. I don't understand that. I mean, I get it. The games were good, but like, uh, I play games for story now, so I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Oh, I'm sure it's a ton of fun. Yeah. I mean, if, if you were into those games, I can see getting super excited about a remake. Like I wasn't into the Tony Hawk games, but I know how popular they were. So I'm not surprised. I'm not this part the underground game to get remade, dude. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, maybe the success here. Uh, number three should come as no surprise: Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Yep. A- AKA no the game that got a lot of through quarantine. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's because the thing is, it's it's a very easy pick up and play type of game. Anybody can play Animal Crossing. But to get really good at Animal Crossing, to get to get everything in the game, you have to be good at it. And I've I've always liked games like that. Games that you can pick up and play. They're super easy. To pick up, play, and learn, so anybody can do it. But to really get the full experience, you have to be very good at the game. Something kind of like a uh, like something that I think Nintendo achieved with uh, with Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. They're easy to pick up and play and learn because any you you know how Mario and Zelda games work, but you need some skill to actually get everything out of them. And I think we need more games like that. <clears throat> uh, number two is a game called Hades. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And they they're like, well, how do you how do you create? Apparently, it's a dungeon crawler with infinite lives, no game over screen, and a false pretense of victory that fades away long before players reach the end. And I'm intrigued by that alone. So, I'm I'm actually quite surprised by that because I think that's a indie developer. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, but apparently, developer is Super Giant Games. But the, There's a game that kind of came out of nowhere. Everyone loved it. So. 2018, kind of like Among Us. Among Us only blew really blew up this year, but like it has been out for since 2018. And it's super popular. So that's true. Oh well, uh, it looks like it was a uh, early access in 2018, and it just came yeah, out yeah. officially was right. Okay, and then to the shock of nobody, the number one game of the year was Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Not not uh not surprised at all. That, that shouldn't be surprising anybody. I really want those games to come out on PC, man. I really do. Yeah, I I would play them on PC, one hundred percent. Well, maybe we'll get like maybe we'll be the guys who luck out and Steam will release like a bundle where you can have both of them. Yeah, I, I I'm hoping so. But, like they're already they released uh what's it called Horizon Zero Dawn on PC which i thought was just going to be on on the PlayStation like, yeah on it by itself uh so who knows hopefully they start like bringing some of these games that are really good cuz like if they start releasing God of War on fucking PC man it's over it's over <laughs> yeah well they also they're doing the smart thing with a game like Among Us and they're releasing it on every platform and making it cross all the way so you can have it on your Switch, 
you can have it on your phone. It's going to be on Xbox and PlayStation soon. You can, and, but you can play with anybody. Yeah, that's it's the smartest to play way to too. do it. It is. Well, it's a they have to go through the the process to make it cross platform like that. You have to get acceptance from like or not acceptance, but like you have to have Sony and Microsoft agree to all of this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, not saying any names, but sometimes certain companies who happen to own like Spider-Man don't want to <laughs> participate <laughs> in in these Who could kind you of possibly affairs. be talking about? Yeah. So yeah, there, there's that. Well it's easy when you're an indie developer using Unity. <laughs> yeah. So because that gets you easy on Steam and phones. So here's my thing. Why would you want to be a game developer and encourage the bullshit of platform exclusiveness? No, I'd want my thing out on everything possible. I'd want it out on PlayStation, Xbox, the Switch, and freaking PC. So I can get the most people playing as possible, so I can get the most value out of that. Yes. But some of the I don't make any more money if you buy a Okay, well, yeah, I was going to say that's the only way that it would be beneficial, right? Oh, Is yeah. If- they, they, they like, uh, they'll have, like, for, for the longest time, it was Capcom was just strictly Nintendo, right? Like, I was talking about original 90s type of stuff. They, they mm-hmm. were strictly Nintendo. Uh, and he has and, Nintendo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they only made, like, the Mega Man games, but they didn't release it for anything else. And they, like, I believe. Um, they had exclusive the Disney time. rights for video games in America. Did they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Capcom only Capcom. So there was a lot of games that were made in, and they could not bring it to America, West America, because Capcom had exclusive rights. Well, see, but like even then, it, like if Capcom made games that were on the Sega Genesis, like their main competitor at the time, I feel like, uh, yeah, they probably would have sold more games. But like I don't know that that console war like the 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 actual getting third party development and and dedicated not dedicated games what's the word I'm looking for um, console exclusives there we go like the console exclusives yeah. is what sells consoles and these console manufacturers know that so Sony Sony is the big one who does it Sony will be like hey SquareSoft right. Like when Squaresoft was a thing, uh, they're like, hey, we need you to only make games for us. Don't look at the Xbox and we'll pay you this much. We'll keep sending you money. And not that only was that, the thing, right? Because Square was only on NES and then eventually they were only on PlayStation. And then after that, oh, they decided to go. Yeah. That was weird. That was that's the thing, and I believe that money up front is what kept them alive at the time. Because yeah, they were doing good with Final Fantasy, uh, for the like Nintendo. But when Sony stepped up their game, I, and Sony was that was kind of a fucking dick move. Uh, so l- let's go back a little bit on the console stuff. So originally, we talk about the Nintendo PlayStation here. Yes, yes, we are. Nintendo, yes. And Nintendo fucked okay. up. He's like, no, we don't want to do it. And then Sony's like, well, fuck you. We don't need you. We'll make our that's own. That's why there's a Sony Sony audio chip in the Super Nintendo, and that's why they have better noise than the yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Because yeah, they have a Sony chip. And they were going to do an entire deal, and they were gonna, one of the first disc-based systems. 
the Nintendo PlayStation. Which I'm kind of happy that yeah. didn't happen because we all saw what happened with the Sega CD. All right. Like, uh, CDI. The CDI. The, the, the CDI. The, the, the CDI. Yeah. Well, PlayStation rocked, man. And then I think they just bought out stuff like Squaresoft at that time. Like the moment PlayStation made it, they're like, hey, we want you to be exclusive with us. Well, they basically not own them, right? But like they, they had a partnership with them and we like, We'll keep, we'll keep feeding you money. We'll keep you afloat. Only make games for us because you make really good games and this will make people want to buy our systems. And the hardcore like RPG fan or JRPG fans, they'll, they'll know that. They'll see that and they'll have to buy our system if they want to play your games. But so some of Square still broke off and helped make Mario, uh, Mario RPG, right? Well, that was right before RPG. that, right? Mario RPG was on Super Nintendo. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? But here's the thing. If if um if Nintendo made a contract with them saying, hey, we want you to be exclusive on our console for this generation, then they could still make a like like let's say the next generation of consoles partner with somebody Which else, but still PlayStation make one, yeah. Yeah. And still make things for the Super Nintendo. Because for at the at the time there was a, there was a, they were still releasing Super Nintendo games at the same time they were making PlayStation games. Yes, there was. So, uh, actually, let me look at that. Let, let me see when Mario RPG. And I hate that these last two generations there's been such a divide between games. These last two, this like the one that's happening. Generation Super Mario RPG was released in Japan on March 9th, nineteen ninety six. Okay. And let's see when Final Fantasy VII came out, because we all know that's the first one. I think it was 97, next year. Was it the next year? I thought it was also 90. Yeah, 97. The, like, literally... So they were definitely just, working on both at the same time at one point. Yeah. So I have a feeling that the Final Fantasy was making the game, which they originally thought was going to be for Nintendo, and then when Nintendo canceled the deal... They went over to Squaresoft and says, hey, we know that you've been working on this game. Go ahead and just like work with us and then we'll we'll take over whatever Nintendo had and then you can just do exclusive for us. Because Square didn't make any other games for any other consoles at the time that the PlayStation was out. It wasn't until – shit, it wasn't until like PlayStation 3, I think. Yeah, it was PS3 they kept and 360. Yeah. Which was like so, Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> The final released Super Nintendo game for the United States of America was Frogger on October 6, 1998. Which, of course, is just a remake of a game that existed in the 70s for crying out right. loud. Right. But November, November 97 had several uh, SNES games, including a Timon and Pumbaa game, Kirby's Dreamland 3. Uh, remakes oh. of Arkanoid and Space Invaders, as well as Madden and NBA 98 and NHL 98 came out, too. So think about that. Late 97, we were still getting Super Nintendo games. Yeah, that's normally what happens. Like the last generation doesn't die until the year after the next generation. Right. So we'll still get PS4 games until... Well into 2021, maybe 2022. Just not any of the big ones. Just like last one was like, Batman's going to be come out two months into 
PS4. Sorry, 360 owners. But, but what nobody was expecting was it became PlayStation versus N64. And then when PlayStation evolved to the two and Nintendo evolved to the GameCube, all of a sudden Microsoft was like, we're making a console too. And I don't think people expected the Xbox to take off the way it did. No, but they I think it was brilliantly, uh, brilliantly done because of their marketing. They weren't aiming for kids anymore. They were aiming for adults. I think they looked over at Sony and was just like, hey, they're hitting a market that Nintendo is not getting. Maybe we should hit that market and like older, like and they, compete they, with and what about people that were kids when they were playing Nintendo. They are not kids anymore and they still want to play. They want that gritty stuff, right? They want that Grand Theft Auto. They want the uh, like sports games and that's basically what it became like the 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 madden games and stuff like that ran well i mean way better on the xbox than they did on the playstation and correct and i think they still do i think the oh, well i'm not not current gen but like uh the xbox one x i think plays it better than the ps4 pro oh i have no idea like, I'm not a big sports fan, but from what I, I've been told, like, they prefer playing it on the Xbox One X. And I just don't know if that's the console that they have, but a lot of people that I know have both. So I, I don't understand why they would just play it on one and not the other. I mean, I had a friend that had PS3 and a 360, and he would occasionally buy a game that was on both for the one that he hadn't been using in a long time. Because <laughs> you'll get in ruts like that sometimes where, like, there's an exclusive for one game and you play it for like three months straight and then you realize you haven't even turned off the machine. Yep. Yeah. And that's what exclusives do. That's what exclusives do. And and I honestly think it's important for them to have like um, exclusive content for their consoles to keep people in their But first party, right? <laughs> Third well, that's where Nintendo, that's where Nintendo wins. Nintendo has the best exclusives because it's got Mario and Pokemon and Zelda and Kirby and all these franchises that are always going to be popular, no yep. matter what. And it's, and it's always first party, so they're not paying anybody. It's all right. It's them. their stuff, right? That's that's where Nintendo, I think, is excelling. Plus, Nintendo understands how to use the handheld market, and no, everybody's doing the smart thing now. No one's competing with them anymore. They're like, nope. PlayStation and Microsoft understand that Nintendo is always going to be around and it's always going to do its own thing. So all they have to do is compete with each other. And that's where it it does its own thing to such a degree that don't even compete with them because right point. It's just like they've also been around 20 years longer than you have. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. It's just like watching. Blastoise and Charizard fight each other, and then all of a sudden Mew shows up. Like, yeah, don't fuck with Mew. <laughs> yeah, <Like> that <laughs> Nintendo's Mew, <laughs> and then you can say what you want about the console; it doesn't fucking matter. But like, yeah, I, yeah, that that's where I'm going with that. But Maybe. Nintendo is also doing the smart thing and allowing you to have access to these third party games on the Switch, and maybe it won't look as good or be as powerful, but the difference was always, you know what? I could get Batman Arkham and I can play it on my Switch and I can take that shit with me. Whereas, like, to take your PlayStation with you, unless you have the portable the portable deal, which is a pain in the ass to hook up anyway, and then you have to sit with a console on your lap in the car as a passenger, but the Switch, you just take it off its little dock and go. 
You were yep. playing a Switch while you've been driving your rounds, bro. Oh, I take my Switch with me to work every day, so like I I can play it. I can play it at work on my brakes and everything. Driving, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't think I've ever once played a video game while I was driving. I don't think I'm that. Yeah, I, I, I wish don't think I could I can say pull the same. <laughs> I, not will. Uh, I mean, all right. not actively, right? I'm not fucking playing Tetris or some stupid shit like that. But like, uh, if it if it's uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, like a phone game that you just kind of let it run in the background. Well, it does it. Oh, I've totally like, like I've totally had like Pokemon go up and had a Pokemon on there, and right. I'm like throwing balls at it while I'm driving. But I don't really count that because that's not something you have to look at it for. Just listen to the yeah. sound effects. Yep. Um, <laughs> I hear the vo- I hear you come out and then you hear the scurry noise that they fled like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch. Wasted three pokeballs on you. <laughs> and you accidentally clicked super balls. <laughs> yeah, and you're throwing oh. the better stuff. And you're so you can ca- so you catch your 16 power Pikachu like god damn it. I wasn't Oh man, what was it? I was on Disney property, I was walking by like the Grand Floridian, one of the lakes. There's a little landmark there, and uh, I saw I, I ran into a uh, magic carp, as one does when they're near water, and I was just like this motherfucker. And then uh, I heard the ding, and I looked over, and it's a fucking shiny magic carp. And I was like, God damn it! Now I need to catch this shit. And it didn't yep. want to be caught. It just didn't want to be fucking caught. The only good thing about shinies is they don't flee. So you can take as many chances, but you're going to. Yeah. Good luck. I, never, I didn't catch it. I did not catch it. It never did fled, but up? I ran out of fucking Pokeballs. Oh, yeah. Well, that can happen, too. <laughs> I was just like, because I've been trying to get the Gyarados. So I've literally just been farming them all day. And then that shit happened. And I'm like, motherfucker. So I have the red Gyarados, but it's so weak. It's not even worth talking about. Oh, I try to power them up every chance I get, but my I have the regular unshiny Gyarados as like one of my top three most powerful. So I'm always using it on my team because it's just so friggin' powerful. But then like I have the red one, he's way the hell down there. And I'm like, I'm gonna get you, buddy. Don't you worry, just keep powering him up. Just catch Magikarp, farm it for candy, power up that red Gyarados, because like there's no other ne- reason to power wish, up a Gyarados, right? To use I, the candy. I wish, yeah, I wish they'd like just let you power or level them while you're driving. Just like have it up and drive around. Like I get it, you need to walk or whatever, but like, come on. Yeah. No one's got time for that shit. You can't even do it on no. your bike anymore because it thinks you're driving. Yeah, because you're riding your damn bike too fast. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Anything over ten miles per hour, and, and you've ever tried? If you try to keep a bike at ten miles per hour, you're gonna fall over. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that was a that was a good way to end the year on with these these game this game discussion. And real quick, Eric, I'd like you to give your thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077 as I know you have it and you have it on PC, which is why you're probably enjoying it. But for all the people out there who are not enjoying it, who are all playing it on consoles, most likely. But please talk um, about that game real quick. OK, the game is fantastic. I love it. I love the content so far. I literally haven't been playing the story missions. Um, I'm on Act 2. I'm like in the middle of Act 2. But I've been so engulfed in the side missions that are like their own stories on their own. Like I don't want to mm. give anything away because the side missions open up as you're playing through the main mission. 
and they're almost like branches to the main mission, if that makes any sense. So it's, it's a lot like Witcher. Yes. So you develop relationship with these like these characters and stuff like that, and depending on your choices, you get different rewards and stuff like that. Um, I love the game. I think that the glitches that I've seen so far have been hysterical. They're they're not game breaking for me, right? So it's not crashing hard or anything like that. I can see where people were getting upset for like the consoles because I've seen some people play on consoles or at least try to play on console, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not. That's not <laughs> but like for me, I think one of the funny moments is um, without giving any spoilers, um, Keanu Reeves character goes to smoke a cigarette, but he actually never put his gun away. So he's just like smoking his gun. I thought that was fucking funny. I'm just like out of all the glitches. Cause up until that point, not a single glitch for me. I had load times (laughs) galore because good God, like you're playing on your PC, right? So do you have controller hookup or you, do you still keyboard and mouse it? No, I'm, I'm using my controller. I got my Xbox one controller hooked up to it and I've just been playing it that way. Um, gotcha. I I probably should keyboard mouse it because I like first person shooters on keyboard mouse, but it's been perfectly fine with this. It, it almost feels like Grand Theft Auto, um, in that regards, like the open worldness of it. Okay. And I would prefer Grand Theft Auto on controller than mouse and keyboard, so I haven't had a problem with it. Uh, the cars are fantastic. The story is great. Uh, lots of nudity, so not a not a safe game to stream <laughs> at all. There apparently is a setting that you can set to. Yeah, I, I don't know where that setting is. Not that I care because I'm not really streaming it, but it's it's it's, it's hilarious, man. It's good. Um, well, apparently when you see the game opens, you see a big old dick because you're making your character and dick yep. size is a stat you can change. Yep. Dick size is a stat you can change. You can even change the type of dick you have. You could be like circumcised or uncircumcised. Um, or you can just if you mess with the female characters, can, what is the what is the analogy? In? You well, so they don't have genders, right? Like they have masculine and feminine, and okay. then from that body type, you can still have a penis and vagina. It doesn't matter. So if Do you, you want to be vagina size, if you're feminine, say what? Or is it boob size? Like what's no, the it, metric? Or that size? Oh, the, I don't think no there's dick? a chest slider. I haven't, I haven't messed around with the, um, um, the feminine is your, customization. Is your huge in that sense? Like, what, is, what do they do? I need to look when I eventually play it. It'll be <laughs> yeah. a while, I think, because it doesn't exist on PlayStation right now. Like so. when we played D and D with Paul's wife, and she wanted giant boobs, and he, she rolled a natural twenty <laughs> for them, so he had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. He made like, okay, her yeah. straight. Jeez, yeah, and that but that blew up in his face. So, <laughs> well, you know, now he's happily married. Uh, so yeah, worked out. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I love the game. It's getting a lot of hate because of the bugginess and stuff like that. But you have like, what the fuck, guys? Like. You demanded them to release a game that they said was not ready, and then you bitch about it not being ready. Mm, I, yeah. No, like, no shit. No shit. I'm happy they released the game, and they're gonna optimize it. If they can 
if they could pull a 180 on No Man's Sky, they can easily pull a 180 on this. The content and everything, the story is there. Just, you know, fix the crashing, fix the bugs, and you got yourself a solid game. Is it going to win Game of the Year? Probably not because of the start that it had. Well, it's already too late. It well, yeah, but it probably would have just been up for next year because I think it released after the Game Awards, right? I think isn't that the way it goes? It released like the day before or two days before the game. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. I think once they already have their nominations or whatever locked in, anything that comes out after the awards goes towards the next year. I could be wrong on that. I don't fucking know. But I had such a a rocky start. Yeah, Laura Bailey is just... <sighs> she finally won. And yeah. had a one she couldn't miss because everyone was at hope. Because she'd always yeah. left it to do to do Critical Role. They're like, we're going to be without Laura tonight. And then she'd show up after the show and she left the awards show. It'd be hilarious. But she yeah. won and she beat Ashley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor For the Ashley. same game. Poor Ashley. Do you watch? Oh yeah, poor BAFTA winning Ashley Johnson for the same game series. I yeah. she like missed the first couple of critical roles because she was literally in England winning a BAFTA for uh, <laughs> for Last of Us Part. That's awesome. Yeah, so like Laura Bailey is fucking yes. amazing. First off, she's Kid Trunks. Yep, she's Shin Chan, dude. To be yeah. a man, you must have honor, honor, and a be. <laughs> And I like it's like everything she touches. I think is is great because she does a great job in Gears Five too. Yeah, if you've played that game, she's so good. Yeah, no, I went to PlayStation. I have played one Gears of War. <laughs> I played four of them. Um, man, we should probably continue this, but no. As far as like uh, our, we should probably like wrap up because we've been talking for quite a bit. But and I am very hungry. Yeah, I'm always hungry. Yeah, we hungry have an Among Us stream coming up too, so that too, that too. Um, I want to be training before that, so I'm gonna say I definitely recommend if you can't, if you can look past a uh, sum of bugs. Now, for the PC, I played Bethesda games, bro. Right, <laughs> like if you've played Elder Scrolls, like uh, Skyrim. Or- or the newer Fallouts. <laughs> or the newer Fallouts. Well, we'll leave Fallout out. But, like, a lot of people love Skyrim. And you have to remember, when Skyrim launched, it was the buggiest fucking thing on the planet. But they, pe- people still love that game. And I, 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 I have a feeling this, this is going to be the same thing. It's getting a lot of hate because, oh, what they promised and what we got is different. And, like, yeah, because they said it wasn't ready and you wanted it. And this is what you got. So we got what we asked for, guys. We got what we asked for. You got to be careful about what you wish for. But it's going to be a great game. And when the DLC comes out and when they patch everything. Yeah, I trust them. uh, Witcher 3 is a masterpiece. It's probably my my favorite game from last year. So it's up there at least. Do you want to know my history with The Witcher right now? I started off uh, buying The Witcher 2 and Witcher 3. But I started playing The Witcher 3 first. I played maybe three or four hours into this, and I got so involved into the story, but they relate they like called back so much from the previous ones that I was just like, alright, 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 I can't I can't fucking play this game right now. I have to play Witcher 2. 
So I'm playing through Witcher 2 right now. <laughs> I can't play Witcher 1. I have it. Yeah, I have it on PC. I have like an, an enhanced version. Of it, and it's just like, no, this yeah. is not my style of game anymore. No. Like they changed it. I think they changed it for the better. Uh, but I can't yeah. play fucking Witcher 1. So I'll need a recap for that. But I'm going to play through Witcher 2 before I continue with Witcher 3. Anyway. Because it's it's one thing that I bought. If I only had Witcher 3, it's whatever. But as I'm playing Witcher 3, they're spoiling shit for me in Witcher 2. So I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to stop playing. Just so I remember when you couldn't remember. And <laughs> you're like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Or there's even uh, there's even a point where you run into a character from the second game and you're like, I thought that guy was a bad guy. <laughs> and now they're best friends. Wow, there must have been some character development in that game. I only played the two. Right. But yeah, no, great game. <laughs> and it's the same company. It's CD Projekt Red, right? They're they're known yep. for like these kind of stories. CD Projekt Red with a K in Project because they are Nordic as fuck. <laughs> All right, but Let's wrap this up. We'll get ready for uh, Among Us. I will try to join you today, but there is no guarantee because I still have stuff in my car that I need to bring in. There's, there's never a guarantee. So uh, as we wrap up 2020, um, CKCC Radio has had a very fantastic 2020. We have some great shows all across the network. And I'd like to quickly give a shout out to all of the other shows that we have that we're talking about, including Real Paranormal Talk. Ranking Tracks, Jay Bunny's Music Hub, Motivational Moves, The Board to Death Bingecast, The Race Nerd Podcast, The Stupid Sexy Podcast, By the Numbers, and The A Show, as well as my miniseries, Chris Ranks the Universe. We've had a great year. There's more content coming in 2021 and more episodes of all of your favorites. And if you guys can't get enough nerd culture, and I know you can't, check out The Blake and Sal Show. And the United We Fan podcast. Now it'll get you even more into that there nerd culture. But I want to thank everybody who's continued to support the nerd table here in 2020. And if you guys want, join the nerd table fan community, facebook.com slash group slash the nerd table pod, or just go to facebook.com slash the nerd table pod to follow the page to get notified on all the new episodes. And if you want to follow CKCC Radio itself, you can do so on Facebook and Twitter at CKCC Radio. Oh, yeah. And at the Nerd Table Pod at Twitter to follow this show specifically. Follow all of our socials. Get updated on all the latest and greatest stuff. And people want me to do an Instagram. So I'll go ahead and get one set up for 2021. We'll start doing an Insta and then we can post stuff on there, too. That's just another way to follow. And people want content on our YouTube channel. So I'm going to put old episodes of Nerd Table up on YouTube. So it's just another way to listen. And then that's another way to get feedback and everything like that. It's going to wrap it up, guys. I hope you all had a great 2020 or as good as you could have had, considering yeah. the circumstances. I had it better than most. So I'm considering myself Very. hashtag blast. There you go. Uh, I don't know what 2021 is going to bring, but just remember, guys, hang in there. They keep saying with the way the vaccinations are rolling out, and if we keep doing what we're doing, we could be back to normal, normal by the fall, like true normal, normal, no restrictions at all. So we just got to hang in there. We're close and we're going to get there. So be as they say, be good to one another and enjoy your video games 
Enjoy your TV shows. Enjoy the things that you want to enjoy. Keep enjoying them. Please enjoy them. And to everybody who supports us, thank you so much. And whatever you want from us, just let us know and we'll do our best to provide for you guys. Let's wrap up 2020, guys, and say farewell. See you next year. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Before, before we go, I just want to say uh, 2020, you can go fuck yourself. Happy New Year's, everybody. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.